Hello and welcome to The Dive, World's Qualifying Edition, not the World's Edition, much like BDS versus Golden Guardians. Will not be Worlds, it will be World's Qualifying Guys, match. it's not Worlds, okay? <laughs> it's Riff Rivals Finals. Yeah. <laughs> it is international play. It is EU versus North America. It may not be Riot Games World Championship, but it is Azale's World Finals. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh... I'm flying to Dublin soon. Make of that what you will. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying somewhere to do a show. Go to the Guinness uh, yeah, factory. Go, yeah, I'm, do, I'm go going somewhere to travel <laughs> for some reason. And let's just say that like, I'm not going to undersell how important this match is. It is the more important than uh, anything else that is happening. In, yeah. in True. I mean, whoever wins this match... Uh, just gets bragging rights for the entire year. Nothing else Unless matters. Unless we lose in that, and it doesn't really matter. It's yeah, just yeah. not an important match. <laughs> yeah. It's not even Worlds. Who cares, bro? Why if are you getting lose... all excited, you fans? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I still think like the fact that NA beat Mad with EG was pretty huge. Huge. And, Massive. Like, we, we're still so hanging on to that, too. We're, we're uh, crawling, gigantic. We're crawling out of the <laughs> trench. NA is crawling out. We beat EU in a match. We've won, what, three best of fives in a row 16, against 47? EU? How you many? Know, like, how many times have we beat Mad Lions? A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. We own Mad Lions. And they're the best team Europe has ever produced. European fans will tell you that for Ooh. sure. Okay, so <laughs> for all no the... one's gonna touch that one. We're <laughs> <laughs> like moving on. The G two fans in the mentions. <laughs> New timestamp. Uh, now we're starting the episode for all fans, including European yeah. fans. Welcome, welcome to the dive. Welcome. Uh, we love you. G two is very good this year. Episode sixty nine four twenty. Uh, let's yep. let's get right into it. What have, what have you guys been doing? Not much, which I think is this consensus from everyone who's a league esports fan. There was someone who tweeted at me, and I think probably you guys too, about how they're just like, please talk about anything on the dive. I'm so bored. It doesn't have to be League of Legends. What movies, games, stuff like that. So it's just been make an episode, please. Yeah, it's just like I'm so bored, and I'm I'm right there with them. I've been just slamming games. I think it's I, I put a tweet out recently about like, is this the best year for video games ever? I think it's up there, and yeah. like I've just been vibing in that, just playing everything that I can that's been coming out. Mm-hmm. Even There's an overwhelming amount of stuff to play. Yeah. Only if you like single player. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe's only a multiplayer guy. <laughs> Kobe's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, there's no good games this year. But the new Cyberpunk update just came out with the expansion pack, Baldur's Gate 3, uh, Starfield. AC6. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Armored Core is really yeah. good. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm playing a lot of multiplayer games too, which is kind of making it overwhelming. I'm actually not playing any of the WoW stuff. I know all my WoW friends are super into WoW Hardcore right now. Oh, okay. um, so people are really, really Dude, into that. I watch some WoW Hardcore streams because the stream numbers are are insane these streamers that were getting like 1000 2000 concurrent before mm-hmm. with wow hardcore is like 20 to 30k seeing like all these old like mitch jones coming back and stuff like that yep. and i'm like what the hell and so i tuned in and i'm like I-, I thought it was gonna be super exciting but i don't i just i i wasn't i guess everybody's just watching waiting and leaving it on for the big death moment so you yeah. get to go ha you know all your work is and and everyone tells me that it feels really intense to play because if you die, you're losing days and days and days of yeah. of your character, right? The game hasn't even been out that long. And I know a lot of people who are averaging, like based on their, their played on their character, averaging 10 to 12 hours a day played, right? So they are going in. Yeah. And people are, are grinding, they're grinding rep, they're doing all these things, which all these things you have to do in an MMO, which is kind of this boring slog. And then if you die, <laughs> you, do, yeah. you have to do it all again, or you're just quitting the game for good. But uh, so a lot of people are, are pretty into it. It, but it does make for games. like really big moments of 
you know, because I've been watching some like basically videos that are like YouTube catch up videos on like, oh my God, these, these guys did a duel to the death, you know, yeah, a, a yeah. Makara or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, that is intense because this person just spent weeks of their lives making that. And it's just fucking Boom, all gone. gone. Yeah. I, I haven't really been watching a lot of streams, but I do watch the death highlights and yeah, stuff because yeah. it's really funny hearing people just freak out. I, my head's so far in the sand. I had no idea this was a thing. I heard about WoW hardcore, but I didn't. I didn't know if it was popping off or anything like that. Yep, it's pretty popular, at least among people who who are into WoW, right? Yeah, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely pretty big. But um, I mean, Baldur's Gate is amazing. That game is so good. I've been saving some of it because I want to have something to play when I'm in Korea. Uh, so Just I've been playing. Run. I've been playing some Starfield, and Starfield is kind of mid. I know maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. There's. It seems like there's people on both sides. I feel like. Out the gates, a lot of people are like, wow, this game is absolute trash. And then a lot of people are like, how dare you? This game is incredible. You know, it has so much going for it. But I feel like the more I play Starfield, the more I just think about all the things I wish were in Starfield. Like the combat's not that interesting. The the space combat's not that interesting. There's there's it's like there's not that much variation in the actual things you do. You go to an abandoned mining facility and it's the same exact same layout you've done. 20 times you're going and getting these powers it's the exact same thing floating around and picking up these these orbs that you've done the last 20 times right like the actual the actual gameplay loop i don't think is is that great and i think it's unfortunate for starfield that it came out around the time of Baldur's gate cool. and around and even uh, even the cyberpunk update because i think that the game looks pretty butt in comparison yeah, I mean, I one of the probably one of the best marketing moves or like publishing moves ever was Baldur's Gate bumping up their release date a month and like getting in there beforehand. So then it's like instead of are you in the shadow of Starfield, suddenly Starfield's in the shadow of this game that like no one had on their radar like four or five months ago. So all that's sick. I agree about it just being really mid and like I will often say Starfield sucks and it's not actually like a horrible game, but like having played Bethesda games my whole life, this is I think one of the worst ones that they've made yeah. and like it just doesn't live up to the potential of what not even like what they said pre-release because I don't follow hype for games for the most part. So like I, I don't even know what came out of Todd Howard's mouth. I know he overhypes yeah. things. He probably said some shit that's not true. Fair enough. But like even just like loading into the game, I'm having an awful experience trying to like loot a dungeon of just like what is the loot that I'm supposed to pick up and like getting too heavy to walk around and then like I'm trying to navigate the menu and I pull up the scanner and I can't open doors anymore to grab the things behind the door and go like sell it to the vendor. Oh, I sold him two guns. He's out of cash. Yeah, I'm like I just can't even play the game. Time like, to go find a bench to wait on. I'm for just trying to hours. play the gameplay loop you put in front of me and it just breaks down you know like i'm just fast traveling around in a space game like why aren't i flying in space to get places that doesn't make sense like why would you make a space game and not make space flight a <laughs> core component of that you just fast travel and like yeah i don't know i have a bunch of problems with it but that's okay because Baldur's gate came out yeah Baldur's gate did it, come it, out it made it made me fall in love again with digital pixels pictures on a screen i had a Baldur's gate group uh for the beginning for four hours me as hell flowers i already knew that was gonna happen <laughs> that, <laughs> that shit always falls apart we played one time I, I was in the discord chat i'm like hey y'all we should play soon or we're never gonna play again and people are like ah you know i got this i got that and then we never played again no you just gotta play it yourself but kobe kobe is afraid of being alone i right? i i i think i have some <laughs> single player i have some attachment issues <laughs> uh i have I definitely have competitive video game brain. Like I only get dopamine if I'm beating another human and they know that I'm beating them. <laughs> <laughs> they have to know. You have to know. So if you're disguised as an NPC and you're beating them, yeah, no yeah, dopamine. Kobe's yeah, yeah. enjoyment is, is a zero-sum game. Like yeah. Kobe can't enjoy something by himself. He has to derive it from the pain of That's another. Why he used to like Nunu. <laughs> yeah, like so, I can just so, play a game and have fun by myself. He, can, he needs to ruin so, someone's day to enjoy so it. So one exception is Path of Exile. 
and I can and Path of Exile is largely single player, but I play on Discord with a bunch of other people playing at the same time, and so I'm not actually that's not PvP game, but it's like a community. Yeah, I still have to have a social component. It's player well, with player. It's PWP. that's what's great about Baldur's Gate is you pretend that there's a social component because it's so well written. They feel I, like real people. We had a social component for four hours. Our... I'm still down to get back in there. Yeah, I know. I'm super down. I know. There's one person who has a message back. <laughs> we won't. We won't. We won't, say we won't. We're not gonna name any names. No, no, no name name of shame. Names. I can guess who. <laughs> you know, they, they're kind of busy. They got some stuff. You know, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's cool. No, I'm we not, see where I'm we are. Not hurt. I'm we not... see where we are on the priority list. It's cool. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I've been doing. Playing tiny games. What about I, you? I've been grinding League though. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of League as well. Yeah, I got Grandmaster. Losers. Let's go. I grinded all the way to Grandmasters, going to the gym and playing solo queue. And then as soon as I got Grandmasters, I was like, oh, I gotta take a break. <laughs> Damn, Kobe hit his Sigma grind set right before Worlds. Yeah, because we had we had uh, we had Mark the, is having sex with bears in uh, Baldur's Gate. <laughs> oh, one tricking a bear. I, I am uh, a I'm a vanilla Legends. I'm a vanilla guy. I was with Shadowheart and you she better was, watch she, out, Kobe. She was you know, I've seen him around bears. <laughs> <laughs> Shadowheart was too freaky. She was too freaky deaky for me. She was she was like, yeah, let's invite someone else. And I was like, what? I'm monogamous. <laughs> it's not my game. <laughs> I'm a pure pure boy. Yeah, pure boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was super fun grinding lead though because it's been a long time since I've been in games with pro players and like I lost the game to Fudge you know I beat Sneaky uh, let's you go know, all these different like I got shit on by Tarzan uh, like uh, it's just it's cool to be like in those games where you yeah. see like uh, someone really cool. someone streaming also. And so I get, you, I get like extra intense and like, I'm like, oh, I got to sit up now. The chair. Do, you, do you load up the stream to hear what they say about you? No, 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 no. 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 Okay. You, also, I'd like change the name of my account. You know, I change yeah, the name yeah, of my account a time. lot yeah. because I don't want people to like identify me. And then like, you know, in the past when I had Riot in my name stuff, people will like inch Run you, you or you know, all, yeah. ki all kinds of stuff. Uh, nothing good <laughs> can come from, you know, people knowing. Plus... Like, like everybody has bad games sometimes like even yeah. even if i'm ranked 700 or whatever i'm gonna make some mistakes in a game people are gonna think i'm dog shit games where you get blasted and, and then that person i don't want them to like take that and then also like Clip hate my or casting or Co hate me as a person kobe you know? entered this game on rexi and now he's casting a game about rexi what yeah. does he know every time he changes some... his name you know he just had a bad game <laughs> 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 I also have, like, somebody's a... hunting for him <laughs> he's, <laughs> oh, no. he's he's, he's yeah. running he's leaving town he's changing his name <laughs> get out of there quick yeah. no, i also but because i like posted a screenshot or yeah, yeah, you, yeah. no one's gonna believe you if you if you don't then i was like okay well, i definitely gotta change that out yeah 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 <laughs> I've been I've been playing a lot of league, not ranked, but I've been playing just a, a lot in general with uh, with friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm actually enjoying the game a lot right now. I think Briar is pretty fun. I've been been trying. Briar is Briar. definitely OP, and OP is being fun uh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I suck at that champion, but it is it is fun, man. Um, some some teams feel so easy to run over, mm -hmm. but I feel like when they ha like are really CC heavy and are you playing top of, or jungle? Jungle. Yeah. When I, they, when they're playing, jungle. Yeah, I think so too. When they're playing like really CC heavy teams with lots of frontline, it feels difficult. I played some games against like Ramus Alistar and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm just like Ramus is yeah. Not, that, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's kinda messed up. Someone yeah. did that to you. It's, it's was hard. it was was that a counter pick or yeah, was yeah, that was a blind game? Okay. Because yeah, I feel like I only get Briar if I pick it right off the bat. It yeah. seems pretty popular right now. Yeah. Um but the Lethality have Halo Blades builds are really fun. The bruiser builds are fun. Like it's just 
Drain tank champions are just fun because if you're having a good game, you just go god yeah, mode. Yeah, it's right? a lot of stat checking. Uh, yeah. The old big ultimates though are one of the biggest things that I didn't know just from when it, you know you watch the release video or whatever. Yeah. But big briar ultimates are freaking game changing later on. The fear is really really yep. big. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. kind of interesting how you start fights then, right? Because it's yeah. like you can play around dragon, and you're almost—I almost feel like I'm playing fiddlestick sometimes because I don't want to just like play like yeah. a normal melee champion and walk in. Yeah. I want to be over the wall and find a good angle to actually get an alt in yeah. and get a multi-man fear and try to pop a carry. Especially if you're going to be playing lethality, hail of blades, you kind of need to instantly kill someone or you are instantly dead. It's so funny to see like how different like the Reddit discourses around the champ, where they're like flaming it in a lot of ways because it can feel clunky to like give up control of your champion and stuff like that and you have to use your e-well or it feels like garbage yeah and even if you are then sometimes it's it can still <laughs> you can still feel like garbage uh, i would say probably the most important thing is keeping up your farm like like you said i've been playing a lot of volleybear i've like I've never been a one-trick player, but I turned my turned kind of into one because I kept climbing with it. Soul to soul for so, the ELO. So I was like, you know what? If I keep winning, I like winning. I'm just going to keep the playing The bear's this. been good to me. But it's a it's a very different play style. Where it's... it's, it's what? It's like I'm playing so much more selflessly and playing four teammates and stuff. Yeah. But I think you really have to be selfish and play for your own farm and stuff when you're playing Briar because you are a stat, stat check champion. It's so different when you are strong and you have a lead. It feels kind of bell You can kind of snowball over people. Uh, whereas if you're behind, there's no way that champ is feeling good playing from behind. Yeah, you are absolutely worthless if you're behind, especially if you go to the lethality build. I had some. Uh, yeah. yeah, you keep saying this lethality build. I'm like, well, careful, careful, people. It can be really fun snowballing over people, but yeah. yeah. I think lethality you build is actually legit, Like, yeah. but you ha it's it's situational. It's almost yeah. like red cane and blue cane is yeah. kind of how I see this champion, is that it's a, if there's a, a lot of squishies, the lethality build is really good. Yeah. But uh, definitely, if it's uh, tanky team, not bad. What time. about you, Mark? You like the uh, how, how? How have you weighed in on the feet conversation? I almost made a joke or two <laughs> that I pulled back during this conversation already about, I can, about I can the tell. feet. Yeah, when I was like, yeah, my favorite builds where you go like boots of swiftness. <laughs> and, like, you know, just, no, um, I, I think Mark's talking about how he doesn't buy boots. But <laughs> those puppies it's, free. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a protest. I, I actually, you know, I, I just role play in the game. I don't actually like do what you're supposed to. I just like go around. You're and still playing people. Baldur's Gate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm too much yeah. into the RP it's components now. No, I. I've I actually had the itch to play a lot of league, but I just put it off because I was playing a ton right before like this slew of games hit. I was I was playing a lot of when the two v two mode came out and yeah, stuff, yeah. and like I got really back into league for a little bit there. Like after D four into this next swarm of games in the summer, I played a lot, and I I've been having the itch, but God D four was so dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it what it is. Uh, that's not controversial, by the way. <laughs> at all, it, when it came out, some people really thought out that was. It. It's a, I, I lurk game subreddits a lot. I, I lurk a lot of subreddits. Like, I, well, yeah. we haven't even talked about this all. The Overwatch news, for example. You know, oh, yeah. uh, I was all over that when that happened. Like, and any any big gaming news, which is w weird that I missed like the WoW hardcore sucks. I feel like I'm usually at least like somewhat in those, mm -hmm. but like. Yeah, man. When games come out and you go to their subreddit and like a bunch of the posts are like, I don't see why everyone's hating on this game. You know, it's not. It, it did not do well. And that's it, like a D4 subreddit. It's also afterwards. really funny because I play a lot of Path of Exile. Path of Exile, 
they definitely have a section of like super elitist uh, ARPG fans that are always just like D4 bad meme and like every POE streamer uh, has his like emotes and stuff in their D4 chat bad, and yeah. stuff like that. And everybody spams D4 bad. It's uh, just like I I don't even play that much POE. Like I'll, I'll log on to a league like once a year maybe, and yeah. I don't look anything up, and I never learned the crafting system. I think the currency system's ass. I think it's just over. Really? Oh, I think oh, it's like over. I think it's overdesigned and bloated, and like having to learn all that is just such. A, you like, need, you literally need a friend, or you need to be willing to read wikis yeah. for a while. I lot. mean, the whole the whole game has got kind of bloated, but I do like the yeah. core I like principles the, and the idea of your currency I like, being I like that this currency, gamble that you yeah. actually. Use. I, I actually like the yeah. currency has a functional value oh. to empower your character. I think it has gotten way too complicated, and like I'm just here to yeah. smash skulls and like move on, you know. Which like that was the argument for a lot of people that were defending D four. They're like, oh, you know, it's going to be the more accessible, easier. But there's no skulls to smash. But there's it, only three things on my screen. Yeah, it's boring. And I got, as I, hell, got and I got backtrack. All dumb and the, the builds just <laughs> you're felt, bad. It just every build felt worse than the build in POE. I was like, ooh, I'll be like a blight necromancer because I love ED contagion. Oh, it's just freaking terrible. And like, all right, I guess I'll try this other build. Every build I tried, I was like, this is just bad. Like yeah. whirling blades. I was like, I'll just do triple like whirlwind, whatever it's called, herald build in, in POE. Like every build yeah, I tried, I was like, this is just a horrible version of a yeah. POE build. Moment to moment, I hated it. Yeah. And I I have a problem where once I buy a game, I like, if I'm going to... Did you hate play it a bunch? And oh, yeah, play? yeah. If, that's what I'm doing with Starfield right now. It's like, I have to be informed when I shit on a game. So like, yeah. I'm ready to go. I have the ammunition. My guns are cocked. And I'm just like walking down for anyone to tell me it's a good game. And I'm like, what? I, I dare you to tell me Starfield's good. T tell me what's good about it. I'm tell ready. me D4 Endgame is good. <laughs> yeah. Anytime there's a, a single player game that both of these do not like, I hear about for like 20 minutes. I'm just sitting there at the table. They're complaining back and forth. They're getting so into it. They're like, yeah, man. Uh, uh, and I'm just sitting there like, oh. I mean, I play cool. most, almost every big single player game that comes out. I feel like, yeah. well, not every genre, but I, but I definitely play a lot of single player. Yeah, games. well, and like a lot I of just find it really relaxing. I, I enjoy them, and I, I actually like really like game design as a topic, and like I went to school for that, and I worship the altar of Miyazaki for FromSoft, you know, and I, you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. And so when a game comes out that's like poor, it's like fun to actually break down to me like why it's not why working. It's not good, yeah. yeah, and so. I, I enjoy joining in on, on that discourse. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a keyboard warrior at heart. It's fun, for sure. Yeah. All right, maybe we should uh, jump ahead to some, <clears throat> some more leaguey stuff. Uh, World's Music video just came out last night. I listened to it. The video was incredible. The video is, is to me, 10 out of 10, death story, the way that they portrayed that from playing with the supports and showing all his defeats to him, you know, finally being able to actually take down those people that even taking down Karyo when he played with them to playing against all these iconic moments and iconic, you know, champions with those characters. Man, I was crying for Karyo. He kept on he got, dying. He got bopped. Yeah, like, Karyo's looking back as he's going to block the Syndra like, alt or whatever. Oh, <laughs> Um, and then he's, you know, he's blasting Damn. him on the ground and stuff. I mean, he, di he died on his team and against, and yeah. I was like, oh, no. I'll be honest. I thought the Syndrome was going to be more brutal. I thought it was just going to be like a crater left. <laughs> you see his body after. I was like, he's you not even. You see his arm or yeah, something holding like, the shield. Yeah, he's got or something. And I was like, this isn't brutal enough. No, no, no. But yeah, it, it was very sad the, for him. The video was incredible, though. To me, the animations, the storytelling, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, amazing. Loved it. The song... I just thought the song was, I didn't think the song was bad. And and to be clear, I'm going to put this out there. I am I'm so appreciative that they even do these. I look, I'm, I look forward to the world songs every year. I, I'm really excited for them. And I think they do an incredible job. And the criticisms that we are giving is just because the expectation is literally that this is going to be one of the best songs. You know, like not even just for worlds, but people just want this to be as good as their favorite songs ever and stuff. So the expectations are crazy high. 
I like New Jeans. I'm not huge into K-pop, but I like some of their songs. I thought the song was mid. I thought that it was just kind of one note. It comes in, and it's like, <laughs> and it just kind of it builds that level. I'm like, okay, okay. But I was kind of expecting it to build with the, the kind of like climax of the video, but it never did. It feels like it kind of just stays at the same level the whole way through. And so for me, it sounds kind of cool. It sound, it's not a bad song. I listened to it a little bit on Spotify. Maybe it'll grow on me. But I thought the song was was pretty mid and didn't sound like New Jeans at all. Um, but I, I think the video overall, amazing. I 100% understand why they went with the strategy that they went with, though. Because, you know, of the backlash that they got last year. Yeah. Where basically Lil Nas just made a Lil Nas song and it wasn't really Worlds and like, uh, and just kind of like gave gave that one over. Uh, and And I was kind of didn't like that direction also. And so I completely understand why this one, it feels like they went to Rise, greatest world song of all time. I, the GOAT! GOAT! Uh, and they basically try to take that blueprint and then mesh it with New Jeans, who are super popular K-pop group right now, and it's in Korea. So, um, you know, I completely understand that. But like you're kind of saying, like, New Jeans' sound is not anthem sound basically so i actually expected this is kind of the song that i expected i thought it was pretty good yeah um i guess i thought that the chorus was going to be anthony and then the verses were going to be more like new jeans kind of k-pop or like k-pop slash rap style yeah i thought it was going to be like a blend yeah they felt like almost pure anthem yeah they didn't have they went pure anthem, so they didn't have like the splashes of of Korean or or little splashes of rapping. But also, and they also didn't go super hard on rises and falls in the anthem. Yeah. So you, that's kind of why I think a lot of people do feel like it's middle ground. Yeah, I mean, like I like the point you made about like I appreciate that they do this every year. I like it. I don't care even if I'm critical that you yeah. know, like I'd rather this than not or something. So like oh, I, yeah. I, but like I think I think it was pretty good also. But yeah, I don't it's, think it's a it's a good song. None yes. of their music is ever bad. It's yeah. never like I'm offended listening to this. Like, how do people like this? It's never that quite quite of opinion. It's more like of a like a creative disagreement on some of the deci- decisions that they make more than like I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, and so like. The, the video, agree. My only thing is I, 9 out of 10 for me because I like some of the more anime-y visual styles, and this one is more, like, CGI-y, you know? Yeah. And, like, I, it's just a preference there. I went back and I watched Rise right after watching this one also. Well, that was Fortiche, I'm almost positive, and, and this is like, not Fortiche, I'm pretty sure. I was like, man. It's like the, the studio that made Arcane, I'm pretty sure made Rise. We've done know who Fortiche is. So yeah. it's like, it's, it has that style where They've it's like that kind of like watercolory, like gorgeous, like uh, what is this? I've never seen this before. And then this looks more just like CGI. So, like, yeah, whatever. It's still like well storyboarded and all I'm that stuff. I'm just such a sucker for the death story. Yeah. That to me, it's. They, yeah. they did it justice. Yeah. Well, I liked most of the worlds don't go back into a player's whole career. It'll just be like, what happened that year? Or like, here's some players fighting with some of their signature champions. Like this one told like his whole story yeah. for the most part, which I thought was a really, really cool. cool direction to take. Yeah. The 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 song, I just can't. I like, it's a, it's a <laughs> fine song, but like I listen to a fair amount of New Jeans. Ashley likes a lot of K-pop. I'm always mm-hmm. listening to K-pop. Even like, you know, not just New Jeans, other K-pop. Mm-hmm. This is not K-pop. It's just not. It's nothing at all related yeah. really to K-pop. I really think they were looking at like, okay. Who's hot? You Here's know, a song we wrote. Yeah. Can we attach an artist to a song that we made? Yeah. And like, 
that's a very like lame i think way to go about things and like it's cool i think to see the crossover of interest to get like new genes and stuff like that's cool but like if this is going to be the end result like you i tweeted that you could literally have any of your previous artists sing yeah. this like the person who's saying uh burn it all down could have sang this it sounds like burn it all down it's the same song like there's so many tropes now to how riots anthem sound where like every chorus even in giants and stuff like that the, the hook does the same thing where it repeats the phrase twice we're living like giants we're giants and then this one you know burn it all down burn it all down. they repeat yeah, it and, and then again gods, here gods gods, 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 gods gods they say it twice every yeah. single time they do the same like little hook they, they like build up the same way it's, it's so formulaic at this point that my eyes just instantly glazed over and the, the phrasing is the exact same the, the lyrics yeah. don't tie into death story at all it's like we're gonna become gods we're gonna shit on them this is what you want it is and, it, and it's all like we're badass hype music yeah. and not like hey the story's about this guy who like who failed struggled. all yeah. the time it's not that he just showed up and he's the shit and like yeah. it's just so played out for me and I would rather star I, I said I prefer Star Walking I think it's lame that Lil Nas X just like gave us one of the songs that is, yeah. this is the story as far as I understand like it's just a song you already had and he's like here you go yeah it wasn't a song made for a yeah. world and like that sucks but at the same time if you're gonna get an artist i'd rather hear that artist like there's nothing new jeans about this how is this a, a k-pop yeah. group with no pop or korean in it you didn't have new jeans written on the title you wouldn't know well like honestly it's just the two ones who like sing english the best you know like the, uh, yeah. the rest of the team isn't even on this track as far as i'm aware it's just the two i forget their names i'm terrible at keeping up with the actual names of all the artists sorry bunny fans but like you know like for me this is like i, I understand this sounds really critical it's still like i said a great song <laughs> and all that but like no it's an interesting conversation for me it's just like okay i've heard this before i've heard this you know for the last six years you know like ever since legends never die i think is when this like really got cemented it's yeah. like legends never die was really good i love that song mm. rise freaking killed it and then after that they're like this is what we do now and then they tried star walking that failed to you yeah that, said, that's why i feel like i understand why they went back to this because of last year yeah, yeah. it's it's also interesting though because everyone talks about you know warriors and imagine dragons as like peak peak song right yeah. and you talk about how the the riot anthem is very formulaic every Imagine Dragons song of all time is the same song yeah. they all sound the exact same right well, so they're some of the biggest and most popular bands in the world do really have that sound where you know you listen to that that person and you just instantly know that it's that it's them um Logic I think is kind of a, a good example of that as well that I really really like Logic and I remember I was talking with Dracos about this because obviously Dracos is really into rapping and he was saying it's like yeah like his songs are good, but once you've heard a couple of Logic songs, you've heard every Logic song, mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, I guess I just like every Logic song <laughs> yeah. then, because every time it comes out with new, one, I'm like, got a new one. Uh, this I love this conversation too, because I'm someone who like I know my preference is to hear something new, even for bands I like. Like as soon as they start sounding similar, I just stop listening to them. Yeah. So like a good example of this is uh, no one knows this band probably, or it's, it's more niche, but like Dance Gavin Dance is this band. Our where? producer <laughs> just wooed very loudly. Yeah. So, like, they have had, like, tons of roster changes. The two actual mainstays throughout this whole band has been their drummer and their guitarist. But, like, they've had, like, a huge slew of changes of their, their singers and this stuff. And, like, there's enough similar because the two mainstays, but everything else has changed around them. And, like, every yeah. album's pretty different. And then they've kind of settled on the same singer for, like, the last four albums. And I've, like, stopped listening now because I'm like, yeah, I've heard this before. Like, I, if I want to listen to your music, I'll listen to my favorites of that genre, like, sound that already exists. I don't need more. And so yeah. some people, like you said, just probably love the Riot Game sound. And they're like, another one! <laughs> yeah! yeah! God's this time! Do the thing! Do the thing! Yeah, do the thing! <laughs> he Bart, said God's twice! Do, do it, Bart! <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Uh, but for me, I'm just not that. So, like, you know, I if it's not for me, it's not for me. And I, I'll hold the L and I'll, I'll be sad and I'll scream into the clouds. You should put K-pop in with your K-pop musicians, you know, but, you know, 
whatever. That's me. Yeah. yeah. And then people are always going to, there's always going to be people who are like, but I want it to be, feel like an anthem and feel like worlds. Yeah. But they are, I mean, like, uh, I, I think a lot of people agree too. Rise, Rise is basically that perfect. Yeah. So like you you have you have that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> if you want the anthem with the storytelling, it's like it's right there. I, I think it's cool to retell the stories every time. But like this is also just a classic musician problem. You know, like you listen to musicians' interviews and they'll talk about like how do you keep your fans while evolving as a musician, and it's like a struggle for tons of bands and stuff. So it's yeah. not okay. a surprise that like I Riot mean, also struggles with that. It's like, natural human tendency to always the novelty of music is part of what makes it exciting and part of what makes it pleasing to your brain yeah you know? and, and musicians who can actually evolve with the times shout out to t swift as a, <laughs> a swifty her music has changed a lot and like it's always really good whereas like some people can't handle like album to album being themselves well now she's the face of the nfl <laughs> that's a can of worms yeah. <laughs> uh viewership's up yeah just saying if taylor, oh, if, I wasn't saying if taylor swift if, if taylor yeah. swift's like league of legends yeah let's get t-swift into some lcs games Where, what is she doing the numbers right yeah the numbers she's, she's changing doing, it's crazy. i have no idea what the worms are in that can all i know is that oh. there was a video of her at, at a game and i was like oh that's cool. a oh, bunch she, of a bunch she, of nfl fans who are like diehard are like yeah they're ruining the nfl well, Wait, just well, I, the nfl is obviously highlighting her because she is bringing massive amounts of attention to leagues she's bringing new fans how does that ruin so because like they're showing her on the cameras and they're talking about her if you, go, if you go to NFL's Instagram or their or their Twitter, I think their banners are about Taylor Swift and stuff now. And, you know, so uh -huh. people are like, get this goddamn Taylor Swift out of my football. <laughs> you know, like, but she's just bringing more attention to new fans of the game, yeah. which is just healthy for the game. I guess you can you could be like, oh, that's like sellout or social climby or, you know, trying to yeah. Yeah, what, whatever. I'm not above that, Taylor, if you'd like to see some LCS. Yeah. <laughs> you know, come on over. Come on down. If you want to do a world's anthem. Oh. I take a Taylor Swift World's Anthem song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, down. I I, I liked World. I like guys. It's cool. I'm just like I like new jeans. And when I didn't hear any new jeans, I was like, oh, bummer. old jeans, old jeans, old jeans. There you go. <laughs> All right, TSM, uh, TSM, finally uh, officially announced the departure. This has obviously been something that people have been expecting. You know, it was what a yearish ago now. Man, they're six months ago. I can't remember exactly when they did the first announcement where they were saying, hey, we're leaving. They officially announced Was that it. during MSI? No, it was before. Okay. I don't know. It was they, a while ago. They, they announced, I think, in spring. Okay. So it's it's been a while, but this was now the official departure. Shopify Rebellion uh, has come in and has replaced them. Um, this is a, a team that, you know, obviously is involved in some other esports. They're really well known in Dota. They actually have the like a lot of the... They have RTZ and some of the guys that were on the old EG team when I was on EG with Dota's team, mm -hmm. so they're they're in there. Um, they have a StarCraft two team, so like if you're an old StarCraft two fan, uh, the little one TLO, he's one of the like head guys who kind of runs like I think player acquisition and stuff for the team. Yeah, um, I think I think the person who like ran it, running the team originally was a like, big StarCraft two fan, yeah. so they like started with that and got a bunch of teams like you're saying. They also have a Valo tier yep. two team, mm -hmm. um, so I think it's a pretty pretty big pickup for the league shopify is also um doing well so any anything that's doing well and healthy we like <laughs> it's like come on in set up shop yeah they've got halo rocket what, what league dota 2 starcraft valorant and and now league so and i've heard like i don't think that they are a massive org but from everything that I've heard, everyone says really, really good things about them. I mean, they're, Shopify itself is a massive company, and they're, it is, and they're yeah. like directly owned. So yeah. that's why I'm like, cool. There's a lot of backing there. So yeah, set up shop. 
I had no idea what Shopify was. Travis explained really? it to me. Yeah, it's just because oh. well, it's it's more like B two B as I understand it, mm-hmm. or like you know they're building the back end for shops online mm-hmm. to sell things. So Bought like, some Shopify stocks. Oh yeah, that's, that, I that's how I knew about My it. My stocks aren't doing so well because <laughs> <laughs> they bought into leak. Wait, does that mean does that mean that we're part owners and so there's conflict yeah, of interest whenever, oh, true. whenever yeah, we cash true. Shopify yeah. games yeah they're always my my two shares of Shopify <laughs> or whatever I own we're gonna be like complaining about the <laughs> I'm basically on the board I own point yeah. three next, next shares year, of Shopify like, oh, yeah, shop- yeah they're, they're zero and six but <laughs> let me tell you they're ready to turn this one around <laughs> go buy some of those stocks though <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I didn't really know anything about Shopify before this deal but from what I've heard it sounds pretty good I think the two sides to it are obviously Shopify coming in but obviously TSM now officially departing yeah. that's the Debbie Downer side um, and it's, it's, it's sad it's, it's sad seeing uh, the org go and I do think I've been sad to see you know all the TSM layoffs coming, coming after that I feel bad for a lot of the folks that were working for it you know it seems like maybe they're going to wind down some of the English coverage if they're going to be moving into other, other leagues um, so, you know, that side is, is definitely a bummer, but, um, from everything I've heard, Shopify is, is keeping at least thus far has kept the roster. I yeah, don't know if they're going to change. Because we, we're not into contract negotiation yeah. for an extra anyways. And so like, th- what else are you going to do? Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything moving forward. That's the big question though, they, I guess. Right. They very well could, you know, cause, uh, you know, when we have off season and everything yeah. change, but I mean, man, it's this last year losing losing CLG and TSM now. Just feels like my I lost my childhood. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the good old days. The, the, the origins of my of League of Legends, you know, competitive life, basically. I was, yeah, mommy and daddy both left. I'm I'm just I'm just really interested. no. You've grown up. They, they <laughs> yeah. didn't leave you. you Kobe. Moved I left Kobe. the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really interested to see what Shopify is going to do. That's the angle I'm most interested in. You know, coming into the league as a new team, what are you going to do to kind of carve out a niche for yourself within the league? Mm. Most teams traditionally have always been like, all right, well, we're going to be the ones who win, and then they try to you know get a really big roster and they try to win and they hope that that's going to be you know what's building them fans. And I think especially in esports winter, whatever you want to call it, people are spending a lot less money. So, you know, I'm not expecting them to just come in and just drop millions and try to import the whole world and, and, you know, win the title. So I am curious to see what their plan is going to be. You know, do they have a unique take on on content? Yeah, definitely hope they keep Insanity, who played really, really well for, for TSM. So... That's kind of my my question. I'm, I'm interested to see what will happen with that. Um, but there's been some other changes as well. Prince departure coming out. Some other before we move stuff. on, I just want to say oh, for ahead. TSM because to talk about that now that's official yeah, yeah, in ahead. the whole like end of an era. Yeah. It's definitely sad um, given that they were so integral to the first six years where they made ten or twelve straight finals. Ten or twelve straight finals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to look back up. But yeah, like all that's crazy to say like goodbye to that legacy and all that. Um, and so it definitely feels like a new era because the only remaining old guard team is Team Liquid. You can debate Dignitas. Dignitas. They weren't there technically at the beginning. I guess you can Dignitas. call them old guard. Yeah. Well, Dignitas changed ownership, so it's like how much do you consider it the same or not? Um, I think C9 and, and TL are probably the only two remaining ones at this point. Um, but I will also say on that point about like I am not too much of a doomer on like the, the changeover because like while all that history was great, it did feel like that version of TSM kind of ended when the Bjergsen roster blew up yeah. and like Lena left and Parth left and like that kind of identity changed rapidly in the next two years and it didn't really feel like the same org to me as someone who like yeah I was there during Baylife I freaking love those guys and like 
the first gaming house and the Rain Man and like the trash bags and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, like I remember, man, I was in the there. The Dyrus pillow. Man. Yeah, the Dyrus pillow, the microwave almost the killing microwave him. I won't get scurvy. You know, yeah. like I was there for all those, dude. I remember that shit. It was great, but like that's not really what it's been the last like two or three years, honestly. Yeah. So like it's not like that like i've already said goodbye to that part anyway so like for me it's more about like you said looking forward because i i, I felt like the change had already happened yeah. more or less it was just like the paperwork I felt, left i felt similarly for sure but a lot of my favorite memories of lcs uh are tied with tsm right you know uh casting some of the, these finals casting tsm c9 finals and stuff uh those are some of my fondest memories and i want to say the most hyped i ever was for a team going international was what what was it i think 2016 <laughs> tsm right yeah. uh, obviously it didn't work out but this is a, a team that like a lot of my memories are kind of you know tied to so it, it is sad to see them go for sure all right your turn i know you're a clg fan kobe but go ahead and say something nice about tsm huh i, I i've been saying nice things about tsm all all year <laughs> Kobe's long never said since, anything mean about anyone since they uh, since they announced it because it is like i it, it's such a huge part of of my origin specifically because i directly had rivalry with the odd one the general yeah. like he pissed he was the first one to do jungle uh, invade and and buff tracking and consistently take away uh blue buffs on repeat and was one of the eye-opening original moments for me in the very beginning of the game of being like holy like Fucking Gigi, get over here, Hotshot. Wait, how's he? Don't let him just do this and walk got, in. And, where's my no. team? How how has he got a mid laner? Where's and, mine? And I, you know, I've been friends with a Andy and Dan. Dan Din's been my friend for like twelve years now. You know, uh, he he created websites for both CLG and TSM, by the way. Um, I, I, there's just there's just so much personal history with, uh, you know, with all of all of the iterations of the players of the different rosters of of that organization but also with with uh you know the different parts of the organization as well so mm -hmm. um it's it's not really something that i actually you know like say goodbye to because it is you know huge like 10 years of my memories and and history so um you know it's i, I don't even feel like it's it's goodbye but it is a end of an era like you're, yeah. you know like you're saying so uh i, I have a lot of a lot of good memories too you know going to uh you know different online tournaments as well as in-person tournaments and you know meet when you meet your online friends for the first time in person it's always a, a crazy moment and uh you know yeah so so many uh kobe wouldn't be without those tsm tournaments yeah. back in the day those I, casting ones that's how i started as a caster yeah i remember those um yeah the andy andy gave me my first casting job actually um casting the TSM tournaments with Wombat online while I was still working my engineering job that I hate, hated and despised. <laughs> and I would try and waste time and just wait till I could get home every day and then play league and cast league all of my off time, both after work and all on weekends uh, until I could finally move down to LA, quit and, and join Riot. 12 years later, still Grandmaster. Look at this guy. <laughs> Actually doing it for the, for the old folks home over here. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So it's yeah, the, that's it's super emotional. I mean, I was super emotional with the CLG one, but uh, yeah, I mean the TSM tying it also is kind of uh honestly, it's poetic that they're both gone in the same year. Uh to to really have like yeah, you know, actually a, a clean seal, you know. Now that you say it like that, it's true. Just like start coming up at the same time, the ups and lows, like the highs and lows never 
quite matching up it feels like very often it's like when when the old husband dies you know and then the, the <laughs> wife is sure to follow thereafter yeah, yeah. right she's just like so depressed can't yeah, live without yeah, it. he's yeah. like yeah. Just, yeah i'll never let us end up like yeah, cog <laughs> whatever you know that tweet too. Like, there's there's so much oh, poetic I- irony when you when you put it like that no, no, i'll sell it. my house before yeah, i ever yeah, let us yeah, end yeah. up like clg yeah all that stuff <laughs> oh, is so funny it's crazy <laughs> definitely funny all right well uh Goodbye, TSM. Welcome, Shopify. We're Let's excited to see what you're going to get done here. Prince departure. I think I think this is maybe not a, a shock to anyone after a pretty big downturn in summer. FlyQuest obviously had a horrible split. Prince uh, him individually looked way worse. But this one is weird, and I just wonder, will isn't there... Vi- didn't isn't Vickla gone, too? Didn't yeah, Vickla's gone. Yeah, Vic- Vickla right, was already. gone immediately, and it sounded like maybe Prince would stick around, but no. Yeah, so Prince is gone. Yeah. This this one's really interesting to me because Prince, obviously, even in spring, was amazing, was legitimately one of the best AD carries in the world last year. And I think that absolutely this guy's his career is not over. It's nothing like that. I think he's going to end up somewhere. I'm just curious, you know, is he going to be going to another LCS team? Is he going to go to LPL or LCK? What's going to happen? And also, I'm really interested in the fallout because it now feels like a number of big kind of imports from Korea in a row have kind of bustered out in NA. Um, obviously, Quid didn't work out the way that they thought. Um, you know, Vicla didn't work out the way that they thought. Prince didn't work out the way that they thought. It feels like, you know, there's kind of this little string that hasn't, hasn't really worked out. And I am curious to see if that's going to change the way that people are, are thinking about imports, that in conjunction with esports winter or whatever, people spending less money. Yeah, I think people are Do you think that already... imports are going to be less common, or do you think that people are still going to be trying at least the challenger-style imports? Yeah, I think people are already completely changing how they think about imports. On the same token, uh, I don't think they had it nearly as high expectations for like quid, quid yeah. as they yeah. did for Absolutely. you know print, print, prints and stuff. And so... Team owners are still going to be looking at if they can get a super, you know, high value, you know, prominent player. But especially with how well Insanity did and stuff like this, yeah. there's also even more backlash now from community, and, and rightly so for for like teams if they're overspending, if if they're overlooking NA talent that are really good because we have had a lot of proven successes now. Palafox is literally at Worlds right now. Please, I hope he looks really good APA at Worlds. Well. I'm hearing actually some sick stuff from scrims uh, that maybe we'll, we can share later, but... People are um, also really overlooking Palafox, I feel like. I saw so many tier lists memeing on him and whatnot, and I just feel like... Yeah. Bro, you don't even watch the league. I'm like, you you're, don't make, know me. You're, ma- you're making these trash tier lists, and you don't. You clearly don't even watch the league because your rankings within just even the LCS players, like taking my bias of like, okay, comparing LCS players to the world, even just within the LCS, you clearly have no clue what's going on of how to rank these players. <laughs> so there are yeah. some garbage takes I've been seeing. Alphox should absolutely be the number one rated mid laner for NA play. Uh, NA mid. Yeah. Yeah. And like. I I don't know what list you've seen, but they haven't. If Palafox is not at least the best NA mid, on I have the list. seen him. I've seen him on some lists, you know, rated at the bottom and like F tier and in with the wild card. Or I've seen the opposite where they meme and put him, haha, he's number one in the world. And you know, and yeah. Well, they, I mean, good. You know what? Good. Palafox seems to do better when you don't do that. Yeah, there uh, you go. So show him sleep, Palfox. Sleep on him. You know, uh, we're gone ahead of ourselves. Back to Prince. Um, I. Uh, it's sad that he's gone. I like him a lot. I think he had a really good personality. I just don't think you could possibly justify running back that roster at that price mm, point no with that way. level of performance yeah. and risk the same thing happening again. Plus, they have Masu, uh, who's really good in Academy, who a lot of people are really excited about as an up-and-coming young NA 
bot laner, so it feels like very easy to slot him in. Yeah. Um, there's some pieces you can probably keep, you know, with Vulcan and Spica and stuff. And yeah, I mean, they spent so much. FlyQuest were one of the big spenders last last year, and the team completely flopped. So I'm not surprised. I was really hoping that Prince would be able to stick around, maybe on a different team. Or, I would love it if that can happen or make some moves. But I 100% agree. The last split really hit his negotiating power so if he does stick around it's going to be at a much lower price point and if he tries to if he goes back to korea he's also going to really have to work through uh, a lot of like reproving himself in korea as well so uh i feel like prince has a lot of work to do you know either reproving himself what for whatever region he goes to i'm a little bit worried that he's because when he first came over he was super happy and and excited to be in na and and do all these things but and i watched his stream a lot but he he likes he started streaming less and obviously you're going to be stressed when your team is losing so much like that and there are a lot of expectations on you also um but it did seem like the stress of the kind of FlyQuest collapse got to him and, w and w it was yeah. not affecting him well so i'm hoping that even you know, i'm hoping for studio. good things for prince and i hope that he's able to stick around and I hope that we get to see him peak again. I mean, yeah. all, I think all the players on FlyQuest, except, I want to say except Impact, feel like they have a little bit of work to do to kind of like wash the stink of that split off mm. um, because people, I think, have soured pretty heavily on on all of them, right? You know, Vickley didn't have the same level of expectations, but still, man won, you know, Rookie of the Year, and LCK came here and then, you know, kind of off a cliff as far as his stocks. As Prince, I think it's it's maybe a little bit different. People would be willing to give him a chance, but as you say, at a much lower price point. But even Spica and Vulcan, like Vulcan, I I thought you know him coming with Prince was going to be maybe the best bot lane in the league. It didn't happen at all. Spica did not have the kind of split that he wanted at all. Mm. Like I said, I think the only person that I have not really been hearing that kind of negativity about is maybe Impact because everyone was kind of like, "Yep, Impact's kind of still Impact. He's doing his thing up there." But everyone else got a lot of criticism, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where those players, even like the local players, go as well. Yeah, I think for Prince, like selfishly, I hope he stays because I like his personality. He's a really fun guy. For his own career, I do go back to Korea probably, um, just because, I, I, like you said about how his happiness level. Like yeah. league is a very mental game in the sense that like your performance will really depend on how confident you're feeling and how good you're feeling, and like it's really hard to play well when you don't feel good. So mm -hmm. like how much of that even individual downturn is related to everything going on with the team versus him just like getting NA'd and like his hands stopping working and stuff like that. Uh, oh, I hate that so much. Please don't use that anymore. <laughs> get, getting NA'd? Yeah. We... Well, and did, didn't you, it was Berserker that gave the interview, right? I think about that where yeah. he was basically saying like, it's that's bullshit. It's, it's, that's it's, yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. People are just basically aren't practicing, yeah. right? Yeah. And for a lot of the people that are like, ah, I can't play solo queue here. It's so bad. It's like, well, those people are the people that actually aren't playing any solo queue. They're yeah. not working hard. They're yeah. not putting in the yeah. time. I, thank, thank goodness, you know, Berserker, you know, spoke up and was like, "That's an excuse." And he blah, hasn't, blah, he blah. hasn't gotten worse. If anything, he he's gotten pumping. better here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know he was he was really sad. Also, he tweeted out about being sad that Prince left because he knows like Prince is very capable of being super good competition for him, and that's why I really hope that and want that. A good situation for Prince to be able to stick around. Of course, yeah. if he doesn't want to, then yeah, yeah, uh, same, same for me. I, I want him to stay, but at the same time, also for his own career and it's in, also hard to think mental what state, team he like, would join and whatnot. You know, yeah, it, it really depends on like the price point because I think for a lot of teams, if he's like not that different than 
an Other NA options. option, you're like, yeah. yeah, why not? He has that world caliber, caliber talent. You hope you can tap into it. Um, yeah. So either way, I sad, sad that FlyQuest boomed out like that because they really put their all in, even on content and stuff like that. And just, you know, people meme about how much money people spent on certain things. But yeah. at the end of the day, they were at least trying, and I appreciate that. As far as – I just want to do a little quick infomercial as well as far as the getting NA thing with <laughs> – uh, trying to promote Champions Q is coming back stronger and better than ever for spring because we have Duo Q and a bunch of improvements to the queuing system made. They did say uh, if there's not real pickup this time around, though, then it's, it's going to be they're not going to invest in it anymore. So I'll be really, really sad about that. And I really hope that because spring, like, we're going to try and make a really big push in spring and um i'm really hoping that it lives and players play it because if we don't then you know we're not and there's no we're excuses not, we're not gonna have tools anymore and yeah there there are gonna be no more excuses because well, we have heard every single one yeah, yeah. I, I think it's do or die i think it's also worth saying like even if people are doing it what else can you do with that money in terms of tier two? It does not cost a lot to run Champions No, Q, it depends. It doesn't, very, cost, very it doesn't cost a lot when they had the bigger prize <laughs> it's pool. It's just like turn. Yeah, and they're not going to have the prize yeah, pool. Yeah, they, so, they pulled out the prize so pool. So it's like, stuff. what else can you do with the money? Basically nothing. Yeah. They, they're going to, it's like Discord server and like a person or two. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man hours, but still. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, very. Um, so moving on to. Now that we're done with NA stuff, unless there's anything else NA nope. related, we can go. I think it's time to switch into worlds mode. Starting off with the patch 1319. David do. Freak Turley has ruined <laughs> League of Legends. Promoted True. to lead balance designer. Dude, he instantly. got promoted to king of LCS and League of Legends in general. Uh, the, the reason he did it, <laughs> and the people don't know this yet, but he's actually a sleeper agent by the LCS mm. into the main central game team, and we're gonna remove. All skill from Wait, the game, but why? Why did Freak. he? Why did he take out the uh, Ziggs buffs then? There were Ziggs buffs slated for the it's world's patch. Up. What happened? Our agent didn't. You can't show your hand too soon. <laughs> he, he's bluffing. He's like, "Look, I nerfed, but this now we're just gonna make everything tanks." <laughs> There's no skill. What is a Fiora top? I've never heard of that. <laughs> GP top, gross. Get it out. I mean, they buffed. GP. I know. That's what I'm saying. He's 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 doing it close now uh, for next year to, yeah, to uh, slam. He's playing for the long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this year, all right, yeah, we'll buff GP. Respect. Here you go. Here you yeah. go, Keen, and all you guys. All right, like, as long GP. as Volibear is one of the <laughs> yeah. buff list. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All, right. all right, all right. Go go ahead on on thirteen nineteen. What do you what do you think of the the world's meta that we've got coming our way? Uh, I mean, Go ahead. I was gonna say, I mean, there's been quite a quite a lot of changes in general because it's been a couple of patches. Um, so to me, it's kind of maybe more interesting to talk about some of the things you know coming in or some of the things that are, are popular in solo queue. It does feel to me like the meta in bot lane is going to be you know largely uh, similar for supports. Uh, there's some different ADs that are coming up. Ezreal is really, really popular in solo queue now with some of the nerfs on some of the other champions. Uh, Lethality Jin is coming up and actually becoming pretty popular. I don't know if we'll see that in pro play or not. Um, I think we definitely will. Ezreal, I'm a, I'm Ezreal, very unsure sure. on Jin because yeah. I have a little trauma with Jin and not doing damage for a long time. Mr. Useful or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think when paired with with 
the right comp around it. I think yeah. it can work pretty well. Um, I think, you know, like the LeBlanc nerfs obviously came through. There was even the AD LeBlanc coming out for a little bit. I think died before made it to Worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. really well. wanted to kill that. But AD Ari, I know. Is... Yeah, so the core of Bobchin's build. <laughs> I was going to say Bobchin just ruined shit for everyone. Bo Bobchin <laughs> is the LeBlanc uh, North American streamer that travels to Europe. Korea and Europe all yeah. the time to, to climb their solo queue and gets top challenger there as well. Um, I think he's most recently been in Europe terrorizing with the leblanc and yeah he's the one that got all, everybody in an uproar with the uh trinity force hole breaker leblanc the the ad static shiv uh leblanc he has switched over to ari and he also has said that he has like other you know things for fixes uh, he's trying to stay one step ahead because he knows riot is like <gasps> looking directly at him every time he's he like, posts, dude. they're like oh you know all of the devs follow him and stuff <laughs> so they're like anytime it's like oh shit gotta get on that quick um but I, it's i'm glad that they did whack-a-mole the leblanc at least even if ari ends up replacing it you know and there and there Ari's are way worse there I are, think. there are some other other fixes because i was already hearing um I, i'm trying to get as much you know even though scrim stuff obviously really far out from the tournament and everything too and i always love getting hyped up from scrims anyway so i'm trying to pull as much stuff and people were freaking spamming this and terrorizing the, the world scrims already the super early ones and so if they didn't do something about it it for sure would have like run our whole tournament and it's it's like cool the first couple times you see it but very quickly you're like this is such it's degenerate cool gameplay it's I, such degenerate gameplay i actually hate split pushing as much as i really like diversity and gameplay and for it to be an option sometimes it is that strategy that gets so boring so quickly especially if it's the uninteractive hole breaker style where you're just super duper freaking tanky your minions are super duper tanky and you're just split pushing with you know with basically not a lot of there's thought nothing, there's nothing worse than scion doing that Dude. i actually want to just leave the game when i'm playing and, and it turns a whole game into about top laners so i'm yeah. like you know what i know top laners nobody cares about top laners i know you get the rough end of the <laughs> stick well, for I'm, a I'm lot of time in a second too but Screw you! I don't want the whole game. There's a lot of other players well, in this game. And like, I'm I actually like split pushing, but not this like Zizorot portal tank uh, hole breaker. Be a fat ass in top lane and don't leave. Like Zion killing himself. Yeah. For you want the I want risk and reward style where like, ooh, it's Zed slipping through. High is going through the bushes. Yeah. Or like, he has like, a like Fiora to has to win a good trade yeah. to force the person out of lane to then hit the turret. And same with like. Camille's and Jax's and like the 1v1 has to be won or the other guy leaves and they have to make a hard choice but if it's just like you can't lock it down and LeBlanc wins lane and it's just yeah. like annoying the whole game whereas like a lot of these like you have to scale into your late game champions that are only walking down side lane the whole game are not fun yeah, yeah exactly and so like even if your champ's gonna do that it has to be like weak early so there's like this like will they won't they component yeah. to it versus like yeah. okay well LeBlanc's just gonna be a piece of shit the whole game Yep. So and you hope you win without I'm, I'm glad they yeah. turbo nerfed this. Yep, they yep. nerfed Stag Shiv again. Everyone's like, oh my god, I've never seen an item get nerfed five times. So, good. I, I <laughs> Nerf it again. I don't care. <laughs> they take it back out of the game. You find those files, you fine. press delete. <laughs> you, you dig through some folders, yeah. delete. I'm glad you know, I'm, I'm glad they did that. Uh, Holebreaker is, didn't get direct nerf itself, so that's why I'm saying there are other possibilities here still. Yeah. Um, when it is a sparingly used thing, it's cool. then it's cool. Then it's novel, right? That that same thing you were talking about with music, when you're like, oh, you know, cool, I've seen this used in another way. Like, you were so excited when you saw Licorice's Holebreaker Yone. Yep. You're like, fuck, this is a Amazing, but if yeah. you saw that ten times in a row, you'll get old. Then you yeah. get uh, mad about it. Anyways, uh, did like those changes. There are, um, you know, he he posted some some like 
fixes that he tried with Berserker Greaves and like, um, you know, uh, Mana Rune and, and stuff like that, uh, and trying Ari and, and other things. But um, I mean, uh, the Ari is just so much easier to gank, which I think was the most egregious thing yeah. about the LeBlanc is that just having distortion makes you really, really hard to gank, right? Yeah. So it's so hard to kill you in a side lane, and, and almost none of the meta top laners can deal with you in the 1v1. So you're just getting auto attacked to death. People need to come and help you, but then you can't kill this champion because you just W's away. So it's, it's definitely way easier to deal with Ari and whatever. So if that splashes in, cool. Um, I'm also excited about, you know, some of the carry junglers, I think, that we could potentially be seeing. Um, Lee Sin obviously got buffed. He's kind of the world's classic. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in general, there's quite a few different, uh, you know, carry junglers that are pretty strong right now. And, you know, watching LEC was fun to see, like, Fiddle pop out, you know, some Lilia and stuff, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's some AP junglers that can be in the mix. I do think some of the AD carry junglers can be pretty strong. And I think that's, you know, important to have, you know, both AD and AP, like, four good pairings with mid lane. Yeah, I feel like so for jungle, Belveth is for sure gonna get played yeah, with the with the stride the stride breaker and gore drinker uh, over over buffs, uh, intentional over buffs. Then like Belveth is in a crazy situation. Belveth is a crazy good early game, and it always allows your team to go for level one invades, steal away raptors instantly with the Qs. Um, so Belveth is for sure going to get played. Leeson, I've also heard a lot from scrims. Leeson uh, is getting played. I think that with Leeson and Belveth, Poppy and Talia are really, are really good, good answers to that. Both of those have things against dashes. Yeah. Uh, Talia, I think, is in a really good spot and hasn't been used very recently in pro play. But I know there are several really good Talia jungle players that are coming to Worlds. So I really think and hope... Uh, and, and that's a really cool different style jungle champion having a mage uh, come from jungle that has so much of that risk versus reward um, of being a very viable kill target but having so much offensive power and uh, the roaming power with the ultimate and so many cool combinations with the wall with the stones yeah uh, so poppy is for sure going to be a really good flex pick i, I think, think talia is going to be in there too talia is going to be a super good flex pick ivern yeah he's still ivern's definitely still in there um, what do you think about Nocturne? I don't think like I was people say, do Nocturne. Nocturne blind, but I think situationally he's actually really a lot strong. Nocturne with Kennen, because Kennen yeah, is going to be going to say with is, flanking stuff. Kennen's going to be really big. Oriana got buffed, and uh, Nocturne is another uh, overbuffed Stridebreaker enjoyer. So yeah, I was going to say Stridebreaker with Nocturne, and, and a bunch of teams are already like squeezing it in at times when they could, at least in the the. Yeah. A uh, uh, plan region vods that I was, I was watching. Everyone like people had like those little things they'd splash in the Lilia splash for a couple of them. So like, I'm a little tired of Sejuani Maokai little mini games. So I am perfectly happy to move on from that. But I can stay dead too. I saw one Blabber Olaf game. Humana. I saw that too. At the, so at, uh, yeah, at the top of Challenger into a Sejuani. So. Uh, and so Sejuani and Maokai are still going to be, you know, even Sejuani, Maokai, and Rel. Those are the three tank primary jungles. They all got slight nerfs. Sejuani and Maokai were already played even, even after those, so those yeah. are definitely going to still be options. Yeah, yeah. Rel, the speed nerf, actually, I definitely do feel it. So I still think Rel is probably going to get played. Maybe it'll take the priority down a little bit. A lot of teams were highly prizing the engage of Rel plus Rakan combinations. Those comps were insane. Um, those are still going to be viable. Rel is just a little bit slower, basically, um, and has less burst speed, too. So It'd be cool to see if Lissandra becomes more popular, because it's obviously kind of the LEC special as an answer into Rakan, and, and Lissandra root duration did get a little buff. 
So that makes it, you know, a little yeah. bit better against the It's good counterpick mid. Yeah. But Orianna, Azir, like there's so many mages, Syndra, uh, a lot of long range, like scaling. Cassiopeia is an insanely horrible matchup for Lissandra mid. I, but I oh, love I it as support. I love it as uh, counterpick. Yeah. And I'm talking about it as mid also, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, being a flex pick. Um, because I think it is amazing into the Rakan as a support counterpick, but also as like a mid lane counterpick. So there are definitely options, yep. uh, but not a not a great blind pick. No, it's not a good blind for yeah. sure. No, but it, it'll be interesting. I mean, Zir got a, a little bit of a nerf, but I don't think it's enough to keep people off. Yeah, this champion just kind of does everything when you're yeah. good enough at it. Yeah, and I, I think that there's also going to be so many players that are really, really just great Azir players and kind of it's their best champion. I mean, watching. Watching, you know, LCK and whatnot, like, I felt like Faker, just, this was, like, his best champion by far, right? And when it starts getting banned against them, they look a lot weaker. At the <laughs> when he came back, yeah, it was basically Azir and, like, Nico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you guys, like, you know, BDT and people that are obviously, like, really, really good Azir players with some amazing Azir players that I think... Uh, Even like Scout, fits. LPL, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So it well, kind of fits a lot of people's play style. And I mean, it was it was Palafox's most played. It is a lot of people's most played. Right? Yeah, it's just like the staple mid. You have to be able to play Azir, and it's yeah. so so good in so many comps. And then like the meta kind of changes around it. Like you play the Jason to the Azir and stuff like that. It's also the safest control mage, right? Because like, you can't just get ganked. Like uh, yeah, people start trying. Away. People suddenly like, all right, let's try Zareth. It's supposed to counter it, and there was mixed success around the world around that pick as well. So like, it does kind of warp the meta. Yeah. Um, so like, I got. We're going to see some more Syndra, though, for sure, because we also have, like, Knight Syndra and uh, so many really strong, good Syndra think, players. Too. And she got even extra buffs after she was already getting a little bit of play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think we definitely still we see some Syndra, too. And that, to me, is a good mid lane champion. High kill pressure, very gankable, though. So, uh, and a lot of combinations to it. It opens up junglers when your mid laners have stuns like that. It allows you to play so many different junglers. I'm also super interested, because obviously G2 was really kind of styling on people in the lec with a lot of their picks mm. they do a lot of crazy stuff you know they did the cled they were doing uh you know kogma they were doing more like Callista. they're doing you know a lot of different things that they were kind of you know mixing mixing up and, and bringing in obviously there's also like the olaf picks and stuff that are pretty popular there uh, with adam and broken blade played it a little bit as well i think so it's interesting to me to kind of discover because i think people are on two sides two sides of this discussion i think half the people are saying G2 can just do this because the teams they're playing against are way worse than them. And then the other half of the people are saying, no, this is actually legitimate and everyone just needs to kind of like get on the meta, right? Mm -hmm. Like these are actually just good picks. And so I think that that will be a really interesting thing for me to see at Worlds as well because it was really fun to watch them bringing out Fiddle yeah. and bringing out Eve and bringing out Kled and bringing out Cog lanes and all these Swain types top, of things. Swain top, baby! Yes. <laughs> I was like, whoa! The Rylai's brush against Renekton. Yeah. yeah, that looked unplayable once he got that. So yeah. I think there's there's like legitimacy to these picks, but I'm so curious to see if they're going to bring them out on the world stage. And if they are successful in scrims, then will that drive the meta towards more flex picks and more creativity? Because that's I, what I would love to see. I yeah. hope so. Because, again, top lane is kind of that Renekton, Jax, Cassante little circle yeah. of, of you, you kind of play these. It, and like then people try and splash. Oh, I'll do the Darius into this. A or little whatever. bit of Aatrox, a little Ooh. bit of Gangplank you're going to get in there. But yeah. how do you get away from like what Jax is right now? And that is just... It brings so much, it's insane. Yeah, if you're good yeah. enough at that pick, he just works into kind of everything. And when you would you not want to have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to that point about like, can G2 disrupt the meta? I think there is a very predictable, like what the AP, A tier picks look like right now in all these positions. And you're hoping that these little buffs and changes on some of the things push them out. Like can these carry junglers 
break into that tank meta a little bit? Can top lane be disrupted from this triangle? It seems right now, yeah. you know, AD carry feels like I think they'll be like, oh my god, it's the Kaisa with, uh, not Dustblade. Uh, oh, Ka yeah, Kaisa the Umbral Glaive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, top lane is is uh, actually an interesting question because if, when we get into like team discussion and favorites and like oh, how to play the game right now and everything. Um, and yeah, spoiler, JDG is a pretty good blueprint and having no. the tanks on top side and having 369 always be amazing peel and setup uh, is a pretty sick set. But I am actually kind of scared for our teams personally when Gangplank gets buffed like this because I think of players like Bin and all these, you know, LPL and boy L LCK Gangplank players and are like, oh, I am very scared for this. I hope that it, it turns out well. I looked up when I saw his buffs. So I was like, oh, shit. And I looked up all of our top laners' career-long win rates on Gangplank. Um, Licorice actually has a pretty decent one. He played a lot of GP. Like, he debuted in the GP meta. Yeah. Well, he actually counterpicked it a lot, but then he, like, counterpicked it, it all. Everybody yeah. else is okay-ish. Like, obviously, you know, I haven't played a, a bunch in a long time, but nobody had, like, horrendous gangplank win rates or anything a lot a lot of them were around plus or minus some around impact 50, 50%, is uh 68.8 so. percent win rate 48 games where's our boy you yeah. need him there Pull was it a, out there's there's a very interesting <laughs> reddit, sign him. reddit thread this week which was like if played at peak potential by like a scripting robot who understands the game everything perfectly what's the most op 1v9 champ in the game and there were a lot of like really poor arguments. <laughs> um, and people were like, Bane have played perfectly, but it's like, well, He's even if played Zary. perfectly, like you're just gonna get dropped or something. Yeah. Zary, but someone made the case for GP, and I actually kind of like that one, because if you're perfect with like your barrel timings, you can like kind of outrange a lot of the interactivity. But if it's perfect a, versus perfect. It's not perfect versus perfect. No, 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 it's you're playing, you. oh, you're okay. playing perfect. So even if you're perfect on Vayne, like to even interact, at close range with things you're still gonna get like it's a definitely not vain no Vane no no that, that's what i was saying is there's a lot of terrible arguments where people yeah. don't actually think about like a realistic human's reaction yeah, to a perfect yeah. vein can still beat it in a lot of ways but like gp wins a ton of matchups if you play perfectly like his yeah. landing phase is actually strong he scales like crazy his barrel chains can like just destroy people I mean, you have your cleanse to get out of things i was like ooh, this is a compelling he's, case he's really strong but to me if you're talking about perfect play your range and move speed are the two most important stats if you're yeah. if you're literally scripting and you're playing perfectly where you react in instantaneously to everything and mm -hmm. you, you can just mm -hmm. dodge every skill shot the faster you are and the more range you have the less options your opponents have to interact with you and zeri is just that incarnate right that's why this champion has been a terror let me introduce so you to a five move speed nerf <laughs> How do you feel now, Mr. Checkmate Steve? atheist. Feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> feeling pretty fast still. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, those things are an interesting discussion, right? Yeah. And then there's obviously the argument. I guess it depends on the skill level you're playing against. Yeah. I think you're playing against competent like, opponents. Yeah, like yeah. scripting Xerath or whatever, if your opponents aren't good at, you know, it's like, yeah, th yeah. that's really strong too. There's yeah. lots of stuff that's strong. Any, anything like that feels really strong at first, but then I think like you can get jumped on and killed. And exactly, yeah. I do, I do think it is such a, like, the kind of the way that the game has been built too pushes a lot of teams towards tank play and and five on fives and stuff, and that's what one of the reasons that we'll get into when we talk about you know tournament favorites and stuff. Um, why 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 we're seeing a lot of success in those areas. Uh, so it'll it'll be actually a kind of an interesting push pull for me on yeah. on top side to see what what um, you know the meta actually becomes and if people have to have to adapt and change and which which players because it is such a different you know play style whereas like ad carries don't have to change as much but top laners you know when you're playing tank versus when you're playing fiora carry or something like that is 
is quite a bit different. Oh, one of the changes I did definitely want to shout out, especially if we're thinking about five on fives, with the AD, uh, with Tristana getting a little bit of a nerf, I think it'll, it'll still get played. Tristana and Jace are still like your AD mid lane options. Yeah. But the buff on Randuin's Omen, 300 gold Oh, yeah, gold what the cheaper, hell was this? It's good. It's I think it's the... This is the nerf to Tristana mid that people don't... Like, it's not obvious. If you're playing AD heavy stuff. And so people yeah. are like, oh, you know what? Tristana's still good mid. You know, she got, like, she'll be weaker to magic damage, basically. Um, but she also got, like, side nerfed uh, by the extra crit reduction. 300 gold cheaper is a lot cheaper for, for tank players, especially for junglers. And yeah, AP let me Kaisa tell you, is I'm worse too. So happy for that, yeah. AP Kaisa being worse is actually a big nerf to that uh, yeah. that style as well because if you have to play double AD threats, there are a lot of Ziggs bottom wins. laners. Yeah, uh, if you play mages, then yeah, I think yeah. you can make it work for sure. Yeah. I mean, that stuff has been so good for so long, so I'm always hesitant to believe that it's going to come out because I feel like Ziggs bot, Karthus bot, Swain bot, uh, a lot of these picks have been really strong. I feel like for what five, six more patches, some of them. Many, 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 many patches. People will splash it during the regular season. Best of fives come around, you never see it. Yeah, but if yeah. the at least the the double A like a lot of these double AD comps and like Jace mid and Tristana mid were enabled by AP Kaisa, right? And that being nerfed, I think makes those there's, harder to pull off. Yeah, but I would just raise it with there's a lot of a AP jungle options. You were even mentioning yep. some of them. Lilia's yep. really good right now. You can still still do Maokai. Yep. Uh, Rumble totally. in the There's top a lot lane. of different, yeah. But if you play tank Plan. top and you play Triss mid plus standard AD and people are stacking randomins and things like that, it's definitely going to be weaker than before. All right. Should we go on to format and everything? Because get into worlds. the actual worlds. You want to do the, the BDS for GG first or the entire yeah, format first? Yeah, that's first. Yeah, and we do that first. We have to do it before we get into worlds. Yeah, because it's not worlds, remember. Exactly. Correct, Kobe. Definitely not worlds. <laughs> Definitely not worlds. It's a qualifier for worlds. Don't you dare! They're in the think. same location as worlds. A day before it's world starts. Teams that may be in worlds. <laughs> They're in Korea. It's playing one day before worlds, but it's, but it's not worlds. It's not. It's getting, very don't get clear. It twisted. It's extremely clear. It's not worlds. It's very clear. It makes sense to me. Mark may or may not be going somewhere to cast worlds, and may or may not be casting this event. Who could say? But <laughs> as a worlds caster, you're not casting worlds. And I will say this: even if this was <laughs> considering. Even if this was Worlds, <laughs> it would be the most important match at Worlds. But it's not at Worlds, if so I can't say. At Worlds, if it were at yeah. Worlds, this would be the most That's probably why that's it's not. That's true. That's the reason why it can't be at Worlds. It can't overshadow the World Finals. No one cares about World Finals anymore. New Jeans is actually performing uh, for this match. Yeah. Well, not New Jeans World. requested to come to this match. They wanted to perform for free <laughs> as an opener. But right, is like, we need you for the World huge, Finals. What are yeah. you gonna, Huge yeah. Licorice and Sticks they fans. Yeah. Um, Who isn't? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, this is... Actually, I think one of the hypest matchups. Just a guaranteed best of five between Europe and NA. Pride on the line. Um, both these teams had really good years overall, I would say. Highs and lows for both of them. Golden Guardians slumped a lot at the start of spring. Peaked, did pretty well, then kind of crashed a little bit towards the end. Mm -hmm. BDS was running their spring split, which is their middle of the Yeah, I guess three. they go winter, spring, summer. Yeah, winter, spring, and summer. And then season finals. So they, made, they, they ran most of uh, spring, and then they kind of got upset, I guess you could say, by Mad Lions and that five game finals they got reverse swept and that's why you didn't see a msi but they were actually like pretty good and then they were they were more hot and cold in in <laughs> summer a lot more yeah, cold. definitely more, yeah, a I, lot was, more cold. I was like hey oh, they're here Mark's giving them a lot of <laughs> i'm i'm just saying they made it here yeah. they all did, right they didn't make it here they, they had to, be, they had to I mean, three oh what was it, xl to get I, here i think in summer they were way worse but then it's, it's yeah. also complicated by the fact that yeah they had a really good spring their season finals in playoffs, I felt that they played better than they did in the regular season as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, Crowney, obviously, there was so much hype around him in spring. You know, he was playing the best AD in the league. 
in summer, especially in the regular season, I think he did better in playoffs, but especially in the regular season, he really, I think, fell off a fair bit. Uh, I think he was having a lot rougher of a split, and I think they kind of lost their main wing condition in him in a lot of cases. So I do think they showed a lot more weaknesses. I think that they are a very kind of like hot and cold style team. A lot of their players, you know, are are kind of like pretty risky players. Adam, I think, you know, really showcases that more than anyone where he's going to play risky picks. He plays, you know, no TP on Olaf and Darius. He's going to play Ghost Flash. He's going to play level aggressive. One he's going to have games where he'll be, you know, absolute 1v9. But then there's also games where if you're playing that style and you get behind and teams are going to playing the map, then you're really going to struggle without an extra TP. Mm-hmm. And I already feel that BDS is pretty poor at playing the map. I think that's one of the things that I really noticed when I was watching a lot of their games is that uh, this is a team that if they can play with Pryo through bot, like if Crowny's playing well and they can play with Pryo through bot, I think Nuke uh, can can lane well, you know, like he can he can do pretty well. Um, then they can stack dragons and they can have this really clear wing condition where they're going to force you to come to them and they're going to kind of draw you into, you know, the, these team fights where I think they can be really successful. And I think they are pretty good at setting those up. Um, but it did feel like when they couldn't have Pryo early and they couldn't actually control the game through objectives, that they really struggled to actually, you know, kind of advance the game state to get things done on their terms. And they kind of got ran around the map a lot. And that's where I felt like they started to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, they uh, have a lot of scaling focus. And I, I like their drafts in that they're like a little quirky, not just like with Adam's weird top lane picks, but like they'll do like these kind of like peel comps that want to kite back a lot and kind of protect Crowny, like you said, and have. Um, that with like Adam is kind of like the X factor and the games where they are able to stay relatively close or control the objectives through the early game puts a lot of pressure on the enemy team then to like win mid game really hard. So like uh, if their early games go bad and they have this like scaling style, sometimes they just get ran over and then sometimes, you know, you can still beat them in the mid to late game. But I I at least appreciate that they are doing interesting things uh, with some of their drafts that kind of combo together in interesting ways and have nice little synergies. Um, I think the thing that, that sucks with like the Adam being kind of crazy is sometimes it sucks Shale to the top side and he's just like covering these he horrible plays well, always the top yeah but like, like it sometimes it becomes a black hole where it's yeah. like you know you're like I would really prefer if you were doing anything else other than like protecting Adam who's down 40 CS now because this is over or they go for some terrible dive on the top side that gets him killed like but when you play double combat sumps there's no real bailout right you yeah. can't just start playing the map like you that's where Adam just runs bottom yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just, or runs me yeah I, I love when, I love when that shit happens and he's like, we're coming! <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, so, whoa, what's going on? It feels so solo queue, right? Where it's like it, someone's lane is boom, and they're like, all I, right, see you later. I've told this story a lot before, but there was this iconic North American uh, player, Blem, who played play Lee Sin top all the time. <laughs> oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. And every, like, he was so notorious because he would get, get challenger, but like, Pe- like so people would like dump on him in lane and then he was like fine i'm out and he was he was way before his time because he was like the roaming top laners or the support you know the top helicopter laners. of top lane well <laughs> oh, before no. and he would be like fine i'm out and he would be like ganking your bottom lane and all of a sudden you're the top laner's like what happened i shit on this guy and the bottom lane's like what are you doing control your lane why yeah. is this least in top lane ganking me and they were like win but uh yeah bds like yeah, they they gotta like Nuke is a good scaling uh, carry mid laner player. Crowny good good carry player for later. So if they if they play for those two lanes, they play towards the bottom side. Uh, you know, scale up and yeah, good chances. But I actually and I know because uh, listening to all the your European guys, they you know, uh, Shale they have pretty high hopes for him. I think River is going to gap this guy. I think River, I think there's going to be a jungle difference in this series. 
I, River is so good at getting around Vision. Yeah. And like she'll, she'll like play these super deep like pink words that will last a super long time, but and they are not really in ideal places. I feel um, I feel like because River, as much as the debate between Blabber and River, you talk about you know who's our uh, best jungler for the last split. River is our best like ganking jungler, and I really feel like he's going to have a huge impact in this series. Especially because BDS early games, I think that's just going to be a field day for for River. Just yeah. go crazy, get them behind early if they're picking double scaling stuff like that. I think I think it'll be really interesting. I mean, because Adam Adam is kind of like both sides of the coin, right? He he leads he leads LEC in both solo kills and in ISO deaths. He had 16 solo kills, 31 ISO deaths. Playing by himself a lot, right? He's, he is. <laughs> hey, that's He's making some stuff happen. Whether it's it's good or bad, he's going to make stuff happen. But I do feel like. Having that style of player against Licorice is a bit of a, a bad matchup for them because I think Licorice is playing so incredibly well right now. He played really well at MSI. He played really well all throughout summer. And I think even even though uh, Golden Guardians was not that good in playoffs, to me that was mostly Gory had a, a really bad performance. So I, I am kind of concerned for how Adam is going to do against Licorice. I really favor the Golden Guardians top side, absolutely. I think the, the big concern for me is what Gory is showing up because if playoffs yeah. Gory shows up, I think that, you know, he could be a real problem, yeah. right? Like he was, he was throwing games, you know, he was um, playing really poorly, you know, way worse than the standard we had seen from throughout the entire rest of the year. So if he brings that level, I think Nuke could absolutely have a huge advantage there. Um, and while, you know, six, I think is, is really, really solid. I think Crowny is also a great team fighter. And if he gets his picks, especially like Zeri, when he's playing Zeri, I think this guy is really, really frightening. So I do think they have to give respect to that as well. But, yeah. I mean, I, I do think this is Golden Guardian's favorite. I do think BDS is an underdog, honestly. Um, but it depends on what Golden Guardians shows up. Because if it's playoffs Golden Guardians where, where Gory's playing really poorly, then I don't favor them anymore. And what prep they do. Because yeah, I was looking say, at yeah. these BDS games, I'm like, you need to look at all these level ones. For sure. Their level ones are so you weird. You really have to look at these level ones, uh, Golden Guardians. That, like you ha If you prep that... And if you prep, being able to deal with, like, the, the I'm memeing on Blem and the surprise of their bottom lane, you know, Adam showing up or something like that. It, as long as you're able to control for those variables, I think you I think they will do well. But you have to do that prep because they, they do a lot of level ones. They do a lot of trying to get the game, uh, you know, They're a very different on. team. They'll yeah. have, yeah, uh, you know, the, the, they can just show up down there. A lot of Ivern stuff as well, Well, that's right? what I was going to say. Of, yeah. Ivern, they, they, the level ones are really annoying if you're going to just, like, invade River and, like, you know, you just have Adam running at your head with one of these annoying level one champions. Mm. You have but, Ghost Darius and an Ivern there. Yeah, and, and then they do, like, have Braum and Lulu priority way higher than most people. So that's what I was talking about with those kiteback comps. Is like, they also mm -hmm. combo it with um, the Ivern. And if, like, you just, like, are not very careful with your drafts, you can end up without very good answers to this much peel that, yeah. like, people just don't usually do in the meta. And I, a couple of their games just felt like auto wins because they go for the scaling approach. And yeah. you just don't have the burst or the, t the dive tools to really deal with this. So All of a sudden, Crowdy's in a team fight and he has, he's, he's Zeri with Lulu's the four. Or like a thousand yeah. of shields on him and he's sped up and you're like what the fuck am i fighting and they're they're very good at the scaling so like we, yeah yeah we definitely need to do the prep definitely yeah need to i think the prep around the picks and the level ones is a really good call out and then i agree on the gory thing because if nuke is just scaling in lane with his things that he's comfortable on and like you're not actually pressuring him yeah. with with gory and river combo then i, I feel like well, what are where are we stronger at, yeah. we as golden guardians because yeah you can say that like licorice shouldn't get thrown too much by adam as long as the prep is good but you still need actual strong points other than i think river yeah you need one of these other two lanes to be going your I way mean, as proven in in playoffs yeah licorice had some monster games in playoffs that they would lose because 
his carries weren't doing well, right? He'd be having a Cassante game with like four or five kills and he's popping off, but can't do it yourself, right? Yeah. Like you need to have people behind him. I think Stixie was was solid in playoffs, but he wasn't like he wasn't amazing and Gory was a black hole. Gory was horrible. And if yeah. Gory plays like that, they're gonna lose. Yeah. I rewatching some of those games with Gory because I was like really rewatching how they played like the Nico Tristana matchups and yeah. like his fourth game. His Tristana games were abysmal. If you watch his fourth game, he just like totally ints his runes, his his uh, skill level, he ends up with a call because he had taken early back because he just did like everything wrong in that. That maybe it was the fifth game, but it was it was the last time that he played Tristan in that series. I was like, he is choking so hard. It's not even like mechanicals, which were misplayed as well, but like everything about your build just like it was weird. Yeah, it's like you crushed him in game two and you just didn't do the same thing. You just changed yeah. everything about everything. And it was it was baffling to be like, what is going on in this guy's head to lose to TL like that? And I'm just like shocked that this, you know, was uh, it's someone who I thought was our best mid laner, arguably for most of the split until kind of playoffs flipped and it was Palafox. He wasn't better than JoJo. No, but like he was up there, like it was close between I think him and JoJo. I think he was the second best mid laner. Yeah, it was like him and JoJo, and then in playoffs it was Palafox. But yeah. like you know, I was, it was just shocking how far he fell. Not like oh the other people leapfrog him, but he f- fell no, off. No, he just played play. bad. Yeah, it wasn't like outplays; it was misplays. Yeah, right? just like I don't know what you're doing here. Yeah, it was it was definitely weird. So that's that's my biggest concern for Golden Guardians because yeah, BDS. Um, I, I don't think you can underestimate them, right? They, they play their own style. They, when they're playing at their best, it really can work well. I think Huhi's also a pretty big X Factor for Golden Guardians. Like, this is the best individual split I think he's ever had. Uh, he played really, really well. So I think there's definitely some things going for Golden Guardians. And I know they felt really confident at MSI if they were to play against EU teams. Um, so we'll see. I personally am less confident at Worlds of the NA versus EU stuff than I was at, at MSI. Because I think our league looked weaker in summer. I thought LEC looked really weak in spring. I thought LEC looked kind of weak in summer, but a little bit better at the top end. But I think LCS looked really weak in summer too. Yeah, LEC was also just weird with like the Wonder swap for Fnatic to then rally them, it seems like, into the finals. Yeah, of it was the... very surprising. Yeah, it's just like, what? Is this legal? <laughs> like, there was a lot of just weird stuff around that. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a really weird split for, for Europe, it felt like. Yeah. Um, and BDS is just so up and down throughout the year. So it's, it's just, that's, just crazy. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing with, honestly, a lot of these teams. I feel like coming into Worlds, it's weird, right? Because if you just watch uh, playoffs to prep for Cloud9, and you're like, well, this team, they looked pretty bad in finals, right? And and I think they had you know a really big fall off. And then you look at NRG, they were pretty trash in the regular season for most of the time. They chain lost to a lot of our worst teams in the league. They were 0-2 against Immortals. But in playoffs, they were really, really good. And it was kind of the same thing in spring as well when you look at you know, uh, Golden Guardians in the regular season versus the postseason and making yeah. it MSI. They're completely different teams. I think that it's the same is true with, with Fnatic, you know, with, with Wonder coming in. I think the same is true with BDS in spring versus summer. So it's like there's there's so much conflicting stuff because these teams in LCS and LEC have largely, most of them, not all of them, but a lot of them have been pretty inconsistent and up and down that it's hard to know what you're going to get because you can watch a, a handful of games from one split and be like, damn, this team's really good. They're going to clap. And then you watch the next one, and you're like, wow, this team's trash. <laughs> I mean, even you want to throw in the Eastern Leagues, like uh, KT and all the weird stuff with regular Faker season being, versus being injured. Postseason. Yep. And the then, Kobe stuff. Then you had... Carrier uh, was terrible BL- in the regular season. BLG was set records, basically, with how good they were in the regular season. Lose to LNG, lose to JDG I there. got bodied by LNG. Yeah, yeah they, so, like, I don't know, man. It's a weird... Also, it's been over a month since finals a lot of matches too any of these leagues it's been a long time even since the most recent public games that we have from all of these teams so a lot could change and even though like i've heard okay some of the scrim stuff i want to say which of our teams 
but one of our teams went 3-3 with LNG, which I was like, that sounds fucking great. LPL too? Oh, great. And then they were like, the next day they're like, we got a 0-6 by Gen G. Um, <laughs> And none of them were close, and it was over real quick. That was a quick six. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, uh, I kind of expected that, but that's like a big change from yesterday where I was super hyped, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to get pulled all over the place now. So um, I, uh, I came into it with pretty low expectations, honestly. I was really My expectations scared. are very low. I was very scared for this year. Then I started like grows that little confidence. It always does. Hearing some of these scrims, Stop and that. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> really?" Because I was like, at the beginning, I was like, "Oh my god, our teams were all over the place." Like even yeah. our good teams were like yeah. making these weird mistakes, and I'm like, "Oh no, no, I'm, oh, I'm so scared." For we just this need to year. keep gaslighting ourselves every year. Then. Yeah. We get excited. I remember what happened last year. I think we have a chance, guys. Yeah. Uh, before we get fully onto the proper words, and good, good call by our producer here. Predictions for the GG BDS. You said favored. I'm predicting BDS uh, for sure. Really? Uh, no, 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 no. Golden Guardians 3 0. <laughs> Just kidding. Golden, Golden Guardians 3 0, indeed, my friend. Hello, fellow intellectual. I don't yeah. know if it'll actually be a 3-0, but Golden Guardians 3-0. No, I don't, I don't care what it's supposed to or going to be. It's a Golden Guardians 3 0. Yeah. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, yeah, I, I think we. I'm actually going to... This is the one where I will be really disappointed if we don't win. Top jungle gap. I, I think... Yeah. I, I think for sure there's going to be a jungle gap. Oh, for sure. I think top I side think, of the map, big gap. Yeah. I think Golden Guardians definitely favored. Say 3-0 with us. 3-0. That's 3-0. 3-0. That's 9-0 right there. That's a 9-0. <laughs> they might uh, not even load on the rift. We we'll don't know. We'll see. I mean, this... I will say my overall expectations for Worlds is really low for both LEC and LCS, but I'm very excited for the format, which we can start talking about now. We get to fight each other. Exactly. <laughs> we're gonna be having the we're gonna be having the dumpster battles, you know. Dude, the it's so brawls. hype. It's actually so good. So if you guys haven't been paying any attention, uh, we have Swiss format now. Instead of groups, there's Swiss one, Swiss two. Uh, but basically, what it is is you need three three wins to advance or three losses to be knocked out. All the teams start at 0-0. You have your first round. If you win, you go on and fight another team that's 1-0. If you lose, you go on and fight another team at 0-1. And it continues like that until all the teams have either advanced or been kicked out of the tournament. The final match to get through, so once you're 2-0 or 0-2 or 2-2, or whatever, on whenever it's your final match, you play a best of three. So you cannot be eliminated or advanced without winning a best of three. The others are best of ones. So basically what this means to me and what I'm really excited for is that A, Every game matters, unironically. Mm -hmm. Even the end games, we'll still have teams qualifying and getting through. And B, we will have much more even matchups gotten to way more quickly. There's not going to be 30 games of T1 and Gen G slamming the wildcard team or slamming, you know, LCS us. or LEC or whatever. <laughs> LEC. We're, we're or not, well, us too. Yeah. We're not going to have that. We're going to be getting much more quickly into... Gen G versus JDG, and we're going to have EU versus NA, and we're going to have, you know, maybe one, maybe the NA or EU teams will really upset, and maybe G2 will pop off, who knows, but it will be more likely, you know, those more even matches where it's like bottom yeah. LPL or LCK yeah. versus top LCS or LEC, and those kind of matches that are very competitive, L LEC versus LCS, you know, LEC and LCS versus, there's I guess there's only going to be one minor region or wildcard or whatever. Well, we don't know. True, true. Potentially they could they could G knock out the other BDS team. BDS and GG could both yeah. buster true, out. True, We could have two. Um, so it, either way, it should be a really, really fun format. I think the thing that 
there, there's some concern still about like the pooling. So if people don't know, the first round is by pools, and yeah, it's like Weibo's in pool four. It's kind of weird, you know. <laughs> you have uh, I think it's Don Juan in, in pool four for the L yeah. LCK. So like that's a little weird to put like us or BDS GG in there. But it's way switched. less weird and lopsided than previous iterations. That's the good thing about Swiss. It's kind of self balancing pretty quickly, like yep. you're saying. You still can get weird unlucky matchups I, i'm sure i am but. sure there will be a front page reddit post because uh -huh. jdg and t1 play day two yeah and it's like what this is crazy and that's yeah. not proper seeding and like you'll have that argument and it's fair but i think what's really cool for me is that it's totally impossible to predict people's path through here now because traditionally at this point of a podcast talking about worlds yeah, we're yeah, like yeah. group a has these <laughs> four teams and like two of them are clearly the best so those two are probably the ones getting out and it's not exciting because or it, i mean it was, it was still exciting but it was limited because it was so predictable for mm -hmm. the most part and like the upsets were crazy here yep. we don't know the matchups on any day yet we don't know who's playing who any team can play any team right now depending on who wins or loses and it makes prep probably a nightmare for the teams who are there because you don't know who you're playing but yep. as a fan it's really exciting because anything can happen and then to azale's point as you get later on, a lot of these elimination matches are probably going to be EU versus NA to stay alive, yeah. which is really exciting. Coaches got to earn their salaries yep. this time around. That's what that means. For you got to prep for all these teams. That's another advantage for energy. They got 67 coaches. There you go. So they should have no problem. Yeah. You have <laughs> like you four go. per team. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> they got an abundance still. No right? excuses not to prep drafts for every single team in every single yeah. scenario. I mean, you there will be probably some team that gets unlucky, mm -hmm. but you can't get so unlucky that you never had a chance. You know what I mean? And that is what is way better about yeah. this. You know, there is a world in which, you know, Gen G and another tip-top team play in the first round or whatever, a top LPL team play, and then that loser, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, Damwon lost to to friggin' JDG and Genji beat, you know, LNG or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you know, Damwon is playing, like, LNG in the next round. <laughs> and then one of them is 0-2. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then you're 0-2 as, as one of the best teams, but then that team goes into BO3s, and someone... Who's, who's another team that's 0-2, which is not going to be another top team, is going to have to beat them in a BO3, right? And they're going to have their ability to win a couple of BO3s in a row and still get out. So you know, even in the worst-case scenario like that, it still is a fair shot. Um, and I do think it's going to be much more accurate for giving us the eight best teams, which I think is going to be a lot of fun, right? It and also, it, it also makes it matter more to me where you finish. Like before, where it's like everyone who didn't make it out is yeah. just like in the same spot. But there's going to be much more of a clear delineation between teams that are ninth to 16th. Like that placing actually matters to me now. It also matters one through eight because before you yeah. have four number one yeah, seeds yeah. at the top of their group, and you're like, well, are these all the same? Here, it's actually going to get because you'll have three O's and then three ones and then three twos and then three threes, and you'll actually get a, a much better. We can seated, go three three, right? Uh, yeah, you go three two if you yeah. promote out. Yeah, um, but yeah, you'll have proper seated knockout stage i think which which does a lot too for later portions of the tournament so yeah i'm excited yeah the only thing is like it will ha we'll have less of those like random oh shit we got a super easy matchup we're making our way all the way to you know dude i feel like na never got yeah, the group yeah i was of gonna life. say when's the last time na got the super easy group i guess it didn't happen to us that much uh, <laughs> yeah it only happens to you <laughs> like they got alvis next luna in the quarterfinals <laughs> We're living in 2016. So we were due. We were ours. We were due. Was, ours was going to be this year. Now they changed the format. They screwed us. <laughs> oh no. Where, where's our freebie pass? I mean, pe people will be like, "You guys had the FBX collapse, all right? You had the EDG collapse. We had 
I guess you could say we had Team Liquid beating IG and going to MSI Finals, which is we, not Worlds. No, I was I was thinking like, but 20, like we earned that. We, we earned beat that. those. We, we beat those defending the world. world champions for that one day. C nine has been in some groups where they got out over a, a tournament favorite because that tournament favorite has seemingly collapsed. Yeah. Fair enough. We made because we made them collapse. Yeah, that, I'm not saying like, well, yeah. we did it. We were the, the cause of the collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sat on them. <laughs> <laughs> they collapsed. They couldn't handle uh, America. <laughs> America. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> <laughs> just sat on their back and just ate Big Macs <laughs> and like good day. <laughs> Tapped out. Couldn't <laughs> <and> breathe. <laughs> Get us out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we earn those. Are we gonna do favorites and uh, yeah, let's do it. O- overlooked and dark horses. Yeah, let's do some. Let's do some sure, predictions. Couple. Okay, well, the most bland tier lists for everybody and favorites are pretty obvious. Um, pretty much everybody is gonna go number one seed LPL and <gasps> LCK. JDG yeah. and Gen G. You think they're good? Um, uh, that's kind of a hot take. Yeah. Anyway, Kind of touch on it earlier in the patch, but I just think the Golden Road would actually be cool. Though, one of the yeah, and one of the no one's re- ever done it. One of the things for JDG is just like I feel like this team is not only a team of superstars, but there are superstars that are role specific for what Riot has kind of tailored the meta to be. Yeah, it's like it, you can have your arguments for who you'd rather be or have on your team three six nine or like Bin or something. You know, some great carry top lane player. But 369 used to be a carry top lane player. You know, he, it's not like he can't do that. He's doing that because this is the best way to operate. You have Knight and Ruler on your team. Yeah. Be Poppy or Orn and make space and magnificently peel for these carries because the game is set up on so many five on fives, dragons, heralds, all these fights. And then we see, and we see JDG win all of the, so many games are like, oh my God. They're actually behind in this game, you know. They're they're losing in lanes. They're they're down in dragons. Oh shit! They just won one team fight mid, got Baron, made like six thousand gold right back up out of an amazing team fight. Then the next team fight, they end the game. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this team is so well constructed to play the game, how how it's kind of set up to be played right now. Um, that damn, they have got to be tournament favorites if it's not just for you know this golden role that they're building and, and, and they're winning everything <laughs> so far this year it's not for being the best and winning literally everything if, if it's not for winning everything <laughs> it's, it's for playing the game you know how, how it's, it's way they win everything set up right now. <laughs> but no i'm I mean, really deep stuff i i agree it's it's a team that is an absolute all-star cast but I think that it's more than just the fact that these guys can fit that style. It's that I feel like yeah. they're kind of dropping the ego and playing the way that you have to play to win. And it's almost like we see so many of these kind of all-star teams that are put together. Mm-hmm. They just flop because everyone wants to be the guy. And it doesn't feel like JDG does that. I think Because that, they're all the guy. Yeah, they, they're all the guy. <laughs> it's not fair. I mean, but a lot of times, but, to Zale's point, when everyone's trying to be the guy, yeah, and you it know, it's like, yeah. yeah, we really didn't need a Jax pick here. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, we we need not the need that. Yeah, yeah. And and so I think that that's one of the things that mo- that's most impressive. To me, uh, a lot of people obviously highlight, highlight Ruler and Knight because they are outstanding they're some of the absolute best and they're carries so the, the carries are getting the kills the last yeah. you know it's gonna be your name is literally on the scoreboard and highlights but they got a big number in there's the K a, column a team fight I, I watched that just absolutely blew my mind i mean they their team fight is incredible but there's a team fight that i want to do uh, a segment on at worlds for jdg and just highlighting the way and the trust in which these guys have and how they play around each other it's just to such a, an insane degree 
um, you know, Kanavi like peeling back and, and peeling. And, and it was just the one fight that was around a, a corridor around Baron where they're kiting back and the and ruler's getting jumped on. Is it the Syndra one? Or? No, I don't oh, think okay. so. Um, and it's like Knight comes around the side from the blue buff uh, and ruler's over on the other side of the wall and everyone's jumping on him. And Knight comes around and is threatening the carries on the backside so they can't actually commit into this corridor. Ruler uses his ult on Zaya to like disengage on this thing, but basically holds his E the entire time, even though he's in trouble, because Kanavi comes over the wall, kicks to peel him so he can hold the feather the whole time. And then basically once the carries are pushed in by Knight because they have nowhere else to go, then he gets like a four or five man uh, route, right? Like, And it's just like all these little things that were being done perfectly at the same time, all together, protecting each other, you know, pushing them in, holding your cooldowns to the perfect moment are only really able to happen because everyone is playing their role so well. Yeah. And in almost any other team in the world, you know, the Zaya would have just ulted and then pulled the feathers and would have been a good one. Like it would have, it would have rooted a couple people, but you wouldn't have been able to win the fight in the same way. But if you don't do that and your team doesn't peel for you perfectly like they do in this, then he just dies, right? So it's, it's really interesting. Like I was talking to Chronicler about this and, and he was saying, and I, I really agree, that Ruler is not playing any better in the LPL than he was in the LCK. It's more about the way that his team is playing around him that makes him shine in such a way, you know? And I think that's something that is really, really cool about JDG. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's an extreme statement to get a, a, a point across. Um, and uh, yeah, then there's nitpicking and like, yeah, you can like pull up clips and like debate little different things, but I, I like the sentiment. Uh, flip side, Gen G. I like them a lot. I... You're done with JDG? Well, what's your. You're not going to glaze them too? Uh, whatever. They're okay. <laughs> They're not going to win. No one gets the golden I, road. You always fly. I at just want to do. I want to do one more little glaze right, specifically right. on Ruler. But <laughs> I do want to say that as I'm about to throw a bunch more praise on Ruler, I think people focus too much on Ruler. And the, I'm missing. The, the team overall, <laughs> overall is insane. But just, just for me and watching some of them. Um, and even I, so, I've been watching some Korean solo queue uh, because all our players are over there boot camping and stuff. And Ruler, he he does this even more in solo queue than he does in in the pro games. But every solo queue game, if he has summoner spells up, defensive summoner spells, flash cleanse, he uses them so frequently to bait people in. Because everybody's looking at him and they're like, shit, we got to kill Ruler. We're going to lose this game. That man's the best carry in the world. He's rated number one player in the world by so many different people. We got to kill his ass. So he walks up, like, by your tower. He's like, Rel, jump on me. Braum, get over here. You know, anyone, I dare you. Jungler, fucking Rengar would even be able to jump on me. And boom, he instant cleanse, flashes, like, forward into shit because he's got, you know, things prepped. And he outplays people by baiting them and, like, using their desire to kill him. And using defensive, basically, summoner spells in an offensive way um, is so often. I'm just like, oh, my God. I want this. This is the peak of AD carry because he's not just, oh, standing back, dealing damage, you know, picking up kills. I'm like, he's very good at putting out a lot of damage. But like, this is one of those AD carries that is not scared to jump in when he knows he can outplay you by jumping in. To Azale's point, like, that's oh. – I. The one that blew my mind with him way back in the day was with Core JJ, and he's playing Ezreal TK, and he's just the most aggressive Ezreal you've ever seen, just constantly shifting on your face. He knows yeah. when to use his stuns. Oh. He knows that the TK can hit him. As soon as you use the spell that could stun him and it's down, he's shifting forward. Like He's just so aware of all the threat like, I love the that threat for assessment. carries. I'm just like... Yeah, and that's why when your team is playing well around you, you're even more confident that if you do go forward, that like they'll have your back to like 
cover you in your retreat or whatever. So he is someone who, when his whole team's clicking around him, it makes him look even more insane. Not going to happen, though. It's Jinji. Yeah. Okay, now you can go Jinji. Uh, his replacement, Pace. Pace is really good. I really like Pace. I really like Delight. I think that they're incredible bot lane together. Dorn, best bottom lane in LCK. Best bottom lane in LCK, sure. yes. And I think the whole team has continued to like level up, despite Especially the fact that the they were... Season two yeah. on that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds like an extreme statement, but I mean, when you a lot of those teams, lot of those teams kind of blew up. Some people were like, aiming, oh, yeah. aiming got, <laughs> aiming got first pro. I'm pretty sure they, aiming was really good in playoffs. He is really good. Yeah. I don't mean to shame aiming or anything like that, but like the whole voting of like the number one team gets all the first pro meme kind of thing. No, thank you. Pays yeah. and delight, please, um, for me. Uh, but I also think like Chovy has always been incredible. But Doran and Peanut are playing really well as well. Like, the whole team, it feels like, despite already being one of the best teams in the world, has leveled up a little mm -hmm. bit. And for a team that their biggest problem seems to be choking in some ways. In international. International, right? yeah. You've got, like, the T1 finals choke, and then you've got the Genji international yeah. choke. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. T1 are such chokers. They've made 15 straight international <laughs> yeah. finals. Yeah, they're they're back losing, again this year. Right? Can't wait to see how they God. flop in finals. Absolute <laughs> flop getting second yeah. in the world. I, I don't call losing a game five choking. <laughs> yeah. Like I know it's weird that they've gotten so many games yeah, five yeah. losers. Fair enough. But, like, Genji has the more surprising <laughs> ones when it, like, yeah. I think MSI was a bit of a disappointment for them. Um, just getting bopped by BLG and... Uh, Worlds last year, Chovy just getting destroyed by Zeka. You know, like there's just a lot of things where for their level, for their level, for how good this team is, like it does feel like they haven't quite actually performed at their level. And yeah. so this year, again, they're looking like they are totally grooving heading into mm -hmm. this. They had a great finals, good pick band set up, all that stuff. And you're hoping that this is the time where they actually translate all of that to the international stage. And I, I'm I'm really excited because I think. I'm feeling it. We I'm have to it. do our part. We have to do our duty of rating them highly or else they can't underperform and choke. If we don't say. But they're not choking versus <laughs> us. They're choking in the best of fives and semis and stuff. You know, like, I don't care. I don't want yeah. them to choke. I want, I'm want. i a Chovy stan for sure. No, but they, I, yeah. I actually love Chovy and I want him to do well. Oh, you love him, huh? I mean, uh -huh. that's he, he's, he's one of the guys that I think people have felt like is deserving of being a, a world champion, you know, yeah. and for, mm -hmm. for a while now. Uh, you know, arguably, you know, a lot of people will make the argument that he is best mid laner in the world, th that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, Faker's the GOAT, but Faker has not been the best individual mid laner in LCK for a while, right? You know, that's largely been Chovy. I think especially Showmaker hasn't been at his... Hasn't oh, been himself. Man. Showmaker has not been himself, I would I, say. I, I feel I, like there's... Yeah. yeah. If we, when we, once we start talking about uh, Dom Juan or D+. Yeah, you, we, you, can, you can get to them later, but he hasn't been himself. So I think Chovy has been kind of the guy for, for a while in mid lane. And then, of course, you have to make arguments about, like, oh, the rookies and the knights and all these other incredible guys. But Chovy has been up there, and people want him to, you know, win a world championship. You know, he's clearly at that level. I think it's also really cool seeing how Pays played, you know, at, at MSI. Like, Pays was actually really, really good. And I think impressed a lot of people, even as this you know young rookie. So I think that's been so super impressive. And it's cool that I think for Gen G, as much as there is this story of choking, it doesn't feel like anyone's really worried about Pay's choking, which is kind of funny as like as the rookie because he came in and he and he really performed. I think two or above those expectations, and maybe that's because the expectations for him are not as high as they are for for a Chovy or a Peanut or whatever. Um, but this is a really really strong team, and I think they're incredibly consistent, which is one of their their big things. I do personally still have have JDG as as like a clear number one, just because I just, I just think they're almost impossible to out team fight, and I just think that's the game. Um, but I think because of that perception and 
you know, I also have it because of this year where, again, they've won everything, um, that people are going to underestimate LNG. Yeah. LNG, both of their best of five fives games. versus them went five games. They probably should have won the first one, and they could have won the second one too. Yep. They really, really push them because this is not a flashy name organization. Um, and because Zika is kind of like his his breakout year, um, it's like they. I'm seeing very little, if any, LNG hype. But rewatching both those best of fives, I was like, man, this team. I think because there's not as much hype coming in on them because everybody's like JDG Gen G. Uh, I feel like LNG are gonna be this other tier of like very very much could do it, but overlooked at the beginning. Uh, and that might, because we have had also this other thing at Worlds where, you know, there there have been LPL teams a lot of times that have been super hyped and crashed and burned. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very good for LNG that they're not getting super <laughs> overhyped and maybe that draws draws less fire to them. But um, I think they are going to be a very, very massive opponent because not only could have they have won those series versus JDG, they bodied BLG. Yeah. And up until this point, everyone was just sticking to this storyline. This narrative kind of took over all of the the BLG JDG analysis, which is like, oh well, BLG are also the best, except for when they're against JDG. No one beats the only people they lose to are JDG. Yeah, and LNG. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, LNG is my third best team going into the tournament. Yeah, I I just think that it hasn't gotten like they don't they haven't gotten the publicity that yeah. that a lot of uh, of the other teams have gotten. And because of some of the players on their team too are not have never been these big personalities scout for so many years you know put in so much work and for some reason and maybe it's because the name scout sounds like a lesser position than like a fucking general or whatever emperor Grand Grand Ma- killer Admiral. man yeah, exactly. yeah it's like oh he's just a scout no he's one of the best mid laners well, of the world you know got got MVP and uh, I don't did know he get back to back MVPs yeah spring and summer yeah. Spring and summer, he, he got MVPs for both of them. Then, and I agree with this argument, you can say, like, oh, well, JDG members, they all split MVP yeah. votes, which yeah. I'm like, yes, that's true. Uh, but but Scout is absolutely cracked. For fair. He's, he yeah, played he's absolutely incredibly cracked. well. Even against Knight, he plays really, really to, well. To that point, I feel like he's been around for so long that, like, I think a lot of people, it's, like, weird to be like, oh, in your, like, I don't know what it is now, seventh, eighth year, that's when you're peaking, surely. You know, yeah. like, I think... Even what was it? He was on that 2017 EDG, right? That like flopped in. He, yeah, he was on. Yeah, like he's been he's been around for a long time. And so he I think doesn't have the same international success. He doesn't have the international success, and like because BLG is still technically the second seed, even though LNG was in the finals. Like people, a lot of like fans who don't closely follow might not know that they were actually arguably the second best team. When five games being the twice. First. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's a lot of um, reasons that you might not see the initial level of hype that um, they deserve. I mean, it was only. Two years ago they was the win. was the world championship yeah, that they with won. Yeah. I don't know why they won always just blunt. I just I just think he's he did, it was twenty one. Well, but I yeah. mean it's like when you're comparing to people of that echelon, people are comparing to like the fakers and guys who have been there so many times, I think, at that level. Um I just think that Scout, like obviously he's he's unbelievable. But I just don't think he seems to have that same kind of brand recognition. Dude, I think it's the name. I swear to God, Scout is such a like. Well, how many how many finals and stuff has he made compared to the like fakers? A lot. And I'm, I'm looking at him right now. International? Because I'm counting I'm counting them up. Nah, I mean, 
he's got he's a world champion. So, yeah, so I know that's he's a world big, champion. But a lot of these are LPL. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, that's what I'm saying is that yeah. I think that it's like it's mostly LPL fans that realize how incredible he is. Yeah. Whereas I just don't think he's had as many deep runs as some of the other biggest names, right? Yeah. You know, even like because like, EDG have always been one of the one of those that I was talking about earlier that LPL teams that kind of crash and burn sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, and, I don't even, know why. Even rookie within the LPL, I feel like people just know rookie uh, as a name like way more, right? Yeah. No, I think I think there's something to it for why it just slips out of my brain uh, that uh, like the 2021 I, World Championship is one that I just don't remember for some reason. It must have been like coming out of the COVID years. It's just whoosh, yeah, but dude. yeah. And then I, I'm actually really glad to see. Tarzan back also like in in kind I'm of such a spotlight. A Tarzan he he was because he's so creative. I I forget what what year it was, but I remember the year and we we're all. I was like, what the hell is this Olaf Redemption build doing? Is that going to make its way into Worlds? I was like trying to prep all this random shit. I was like, what is going on over there? And he he always does these like random like supportive uh, style builds mm -hmm. on like you know the carry junglers or something like that. He, he definitely he's definitely very creative. Um, so I don't know. And Gala I, I, is really exciting to watch as well. I, he, yeah, I Gala feel like, is crazy. The super, he is the one with big name recognition yeah. on this team because he won the back and when they added MSI him. Exactly, added and so and so adding him, I think, did give them you know um, some more hype. Yeah, I think but, people aren't going to know you know Zika yeah. and Hong as much, but like yeah. Zika really impressed me. I think yeah. he's he's really a, a very 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 good top laner. Yeah. I think he's pretty flexible. So. Um, I think LNG is going to be a team that maybe, yeah, as you say, like goes under the radar a bit, but it's saying that, yeah, I, I have them ranked third probably going yeah. into Worlds. So I think they're going to be incredibly good, but it should be fun. And yeah, and maybe Scout has another amazing tournament and then starts to get that same kind of level of recognition. But yeah, it does always feel as though he's outside of the conversation for best mid laner, right? It always feels mm -hmm. like people talk about Chovy and Rookie and Knight and guys like that, and Scout often Baker. falls to the wayside. Yeah, Faker, I feel like people don't really talk about anymore as him. the best. It's just like Grandpa There's walks like, in the, the room. Yeah. He's like, he's the goat. He's fine, he's the goat. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think what's interesting this year, too, with, with Faker is just the collapse without him and then the sudden, like, oh, they're in finals again, he's back. <laughs> you that, know, like, that kind of built his mystique a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, what? Okay, fine. <laughs> why Why was Carrie a terrible with Kobe? Like, what was happening there, right? You know? Why was he magically good he again? Didn't, he Faker didn't have Faker back. doing this in his head, pulling the levers. Yeah, Faker's just pulling the strings. It's just they're just little hand puppets for him. It carries just a robot. Have you by ever Faker. seen Faker with bad teammates? Yes. We don't talk about 2014. <laughs> 2014 didn't happen. Outside 2014, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess arguably, like, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna say bad. No, no, no one's bad. <laughs> yeah, it can't no happen because you're playing with Faker. He's controlling your mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, the goat. So, obviously, other dark horses include RNG, uh, C9, Golden Guardians, and Team Liquid, but we can gloss over them. Those, those are the other obvious dark horses. Who else do you guys have besides those those clear clear front runners? <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna I mean, let it go. <laughs> dark dark horses are so funny to talk about, right? Because we were talking we were talking about this before, and it's like. Dumb on the dark horse with Canyon and Showmaker, who are world champions. What a dark horse, you know. And it's so. like no one, no one feels like they can make a real argument anymore for for you know LEC. So and no one's gonna make an argument really for LCS. So it's like if you're talking about dark horse to win the tournament, you kind of just pick LPL three or four or LCK three or four, and you're like, 
Dark I mean, horse. even even the whole thing is a little bit farcical. Eh, where you're eh, like, dark horse. I'm a well, professional analyst. Let me tell you how the number one and number one seed from the two best regions are probably the favorites. But then also the dark horses are the two and threes and stuff like that. You know, good thing they pay me the big also, bucks here. Did, did you mean to say energy? Because you said RNG. I did I? I thought I said energy. Yeah. 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 Oh, I said. That's why I was looking at him and I was like. Is he making a meme? I don't no, really I'm just, get. I'm, ju- I'm just, nope, just <laughs> that, just that just dumb. Let this go? Uzi <laughs> almost made worlds, so RNG's on the brain. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, let's talk about my sleep schedule. Even so though they were on a different team. My fiance, but then I was like, oh, he probably meant energy, because then, then yeah. it then does make sense. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I agree with it, so I was like, let's let it pass. My fiance works uh, emergency shifts overnight, and so I my sleep schedule is yeah. I go to bed at I go to bed at 8 a.m. and I get up at 4 p.m. Except on days like this where I have obligations, I'll yeah. sleep from like 6 a.m. to Mark 10 a.m. The world's greatest house husband. I yeah, but I also just my sleep schedule is totally degenerate. I have no clue what's going on at any point. I'm I'm flying in a couple days. I, I feel like I do like that you bring up uh, Dom Warner D plus. Uh, man, we really got to get used to saying uh, saying D- it correctly because D- teams D- get mad. D, if you don't D plus s- Kia. Yeah, if you don't if you don't say. Oh, correctly. you can't say Dom Warner anymore. Um, I just always still. Call I don't know, Dom but I know that there's always I know on the about cast, sponsor on stuff the cast, they always D call them D plus. Yeah. So. Um, might have to start getting used to that, but this is, and I know I am always so biased towards Canyon because of the the OG Dom Juan, that was the like he was just 20, so clearly the best 2019 in the world. to 2021 basically those three those the god tier of Canyon Showmaker. Yeah, I Canyon is my like eternal jungle goat, so I'm super duper biased, and I admit that Peanut was better. But Canyon is still my jungle goat. Um, and I and Dom Juan, they had so many freaking problems this year. It was crazy. It was mostly like top and support. When you go back and watch some of these games, and you're like, where is Kana going? Like, is he talking to the team right now? And then they're like switching their supports and like, like okay, towards the end, you're like Kellen on the engaged supports and it looks, looks amazing. But what really kind of broke my heart uh were the um i actually saw it on cadrill's stream he streamed a video that d plus put out of talk showmaker talking having a heart to heart i don't even know what's with with who but he was talking with someone on uh, on a d plus video that they put out and he was talking about how now a days when he goes against big name mid lane players he feels nervous and he feels you know uh, uh, a pressure and and you can just look at his body language in this video, and it's just like, you know, really pulls at your heartstrings. And after like hearing that, it reminded me of last year going into Worlds. I remember there was some video that they put out. It was him and his some top laner friend where they were just talking. It was a stream or something, and he was talking to his top laner very earnestly about, "Hey, you remember? I feel like something that has changed now in my career compared to when I first started is that." I'm less willing than when I was a young player to take these outplay risks and go for, you know, these big one-on-one plays or these mm-hmm. big, big, uh, you know, moves than I used to be. And I feel, I feel more conservative. And then they had a longer discussion that was kind of on those, but, and that was a year ago, but then to see it followed up with this one. And then to also pair that with some of the, the regular season for, for this team, um, it, it really kind of, uh, broke my heart listening to, but towards in the end here in, in regionals and stuff and, and the team co- is coming together and looking good. I, 
I, I'm always going to root for Canyon's team, and uh, I'm really hoping that they can pull it together and get that confidence. Yeah. And Showmaker, at least in the recent ones, I didn't watch the whole season, obviously, but going back in and the two ones that um, you know towards the end, he started to look more confident and 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 playing better. And if he is playing well, then Canyon um, yeah. is gonna is gonna have more success. And not to say Canyon didn't make his own mistakes. Yes, I know uh, as well, but. Um, I, uh, this is, this is kind of the, the, the dark horse and the team that I'm like rooting for because I feel like they've gone through some shit yeah. <laughs> since, since they were the like superstar dominant. Where they were Dom just one. running, running yeah. LCK for a while. And it's also sad. I mean, I saw an interview. This was, I don't know if it was this year or last year where Showmaker was talking about how league is just a job for him now. Yeah. yeah. How he's kind of like lost his love for the yeah. game. And so I think that all kind of ties in, right? Where it is hard. It's it's a huge amount of stress playing at this highest level mm-hmm. and having that pressure to perform. And clearly that has taken a toll on them, which is sad. Um, you know, Damon is, is an interesting team because you can look at them as a dark horse knowing that if they can kind of hit that peak, if they can hit their stride, and, and everyone kind of has that, you know, feeling because, oh, Deft, maybe they can do it again. You know that kind of that kind of feeling where Deft actually had a really good season. I think Deft and Kenya, I think were the two standout players for them. I think Showmaker had definitely much more of an off split, and it's not this is not a team that's all about the Kenya and Showmaker duo anymore. It's much more, I think, about kind of team fighting uh, with Deft and, and enabling him. Um, but you know the thing that does make me doubt them to kind of take the other side of the coin is that yeah sure if if they play at their highest level and Showmaker can get back to where he was then they could do it but this is a team that was kind of just like the line in the LCK they always lost the teams better than them and they always beat the teams worse than them right they lost all their playoff series they went to regional gauntlet and they beat those teams but those are teams that were seated under them that they beat all year long they never were beating the you know the Gen G's and the top teams in the league so that is kind of like the concern I think I have for them is that this team can they actually, you know, rise to a higher level to be able to challenge the JDGs and the LNGs and the BLGs and, you know, Gen G and T1 and so on and so forth? Because those those kind of quality of teams, when they play those really, really elite, elite, like world championship caliber teams, they just kind of lost almost every time. Yeah. And they and I the fact that it is deft is like you can always go with the answer the magic. of like, yo, we've we've literally seen You watch that video just, from Gods? Just last year, this miracle run uh for them and if they did pull together it's kind of why i'm like setting the the stage here and the heart-wrenching stories for showmaker if they could pull together and climb back to the top it would be another crazy story i mean even i think like obviously winning worlds is the most important thing but just having success is cool too like i don't yeah like if they have a good worlds as a whole you know make semis or something that is still good for them to because the point about you about who what great teams have they beaten in summer you know it's it's not quite so if they beat an lng or a blg to make a semifinals that's still pretty big for them that's really big yeah so like i think uh canyon and showmaker being like ride or die boys there's not that many teams that have that kind of like core that's just been together forever mm-hmm. these days like it's much more hitman like everyone kind of mm-hmm. roams around and it's cool to see like these two guys sit together through the highs and lows and yeah. showmaker does have a very sad story that makes you cheer for him mm-hmm. because something definitely you know changed both with his relationship to the game and his relationship to like public perception stuff because the early days showmaker 
was, like he was such a goon. Like he was just goofing <laughs> around. He was like doing crazy stuff in the yeah, game. Punching the camera. Yeah, he was like he was such a goofball in like a really fun way. And it's like that spark. So much gone. confidence, like just overflowing. Yeah, he was he was like him and Chovy kind of showed up at around the same time in the LCK, if I remember correctly. And like BDD was kind of like this like new age of like mids that all kind of started coming up around the same time. And, and Showmaker was my favorite because not because he was the best laner. That was always the argument was like, well, Chovy's the better laner, you know, but like I just appreciate Showmaker's playmaking and yeah. uh, style. That Dude, these mid laner names, they, they influence your perception a lot. Scout? Eh, yeah. Showmaker? Of... He's got style. Whoa, yeah, he's punching the camera. Wow. Hey, yeah. But like, I, I do mean that like it, yeah. he is just someone who's easy to root for for me and someone yeah. I always really liked. And yeah. that's why, you know, I don't think they're going to win Worlds, Dark Horse, sure, maybe, but even just like I would like a run out of them. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. All right, well, we are about at two hours, so this was a real doozy. We paid all the... Wait, we're not going to talk... Quick summary, uh, all the NA teams are going to win all of their games until they fight another NA team. Yeah, and the only ones who could possibly take us down are ourselves. Exactly. We're our own worst enemy. Any game we lose, our bad. We beat ourselves. You yeah. didn't beat us. Did JDG... Perf are they better than us? No. Debatable. We yeah. let them win. We, yeah. We, we felt bad for the golden road thing. We don't want to yeah. mess that we, up. We, we stumbled over our foot or at the end. You know, <laughs> just couldn't couldn't get over the line, but we had them right where we wanted them. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for us for now. Hope you all enjoyed this off-season, pre-worlds, whatever you want to call it, episode. Badass episode, 115 minutes. Bow. I think we, yeah, I think we're just about two hours now, so pretty crazy. It might be our longest ever. Yeah. We, we, we got over two one time, because I, I was going to filibuster to get over two, yeah. I remember. Okay. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for us for now. Remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button on YouTube so you don't miss an episode of the dive. We're going to be doing podcasts at Worlds as well. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but we're going to be doing it. There's going to be other folks there. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but it's always that way. Oh, you all know what's going to happen. FBI's coming. There's going to be you folks it's going to be korean folks it's going to be awesome you don't want to miss that emea versus na match between bds and golden guardians takes place sunday october 8th for those of you on the west coast of north america 9 p.m pacific that's midnight on the 9th for east coasters 1 p.m korean standard time in law park seoul for the na 3-0 we'll see you there that's the rough east coast times